Emerald City of Seattle, it's the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Your home for pop culture, transformers, independent artists, interviews, transformers, and stuff and things. Also sometimes transformers. And now, here he is, the man who has a master's in advanced burrito. Mike Thank you and welcome back to Mike Cybert Radio. I am your host. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Cybert Radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and write into the mailbag, Mike Cybert Radio at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, and don't forget the uh, Mike Cybert Radio voicemail hotline 231 224 Mike. That is 231 224 64 Five three, and the spelling on that is S E I B E R T, just the way that it sounds. And I seem to have forgotten all my copy points because I didn't really <laughs> write anything down. And I thought I would do it all off the top of my head, and it almost mostly worked. But I don't care because we're having fun. So uh, we uh, we have uh, broken into the KGRG studios through the uh, uh, super secret back door. <laughs> and I am uh, very pleased to uh, bring in my uh, my guest with uh, in our in our traditional uh, fashion like we did, like we used to do way back in the day. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Mike. How you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? <laughs> I, you know what? Wow. I, I literally couldn't be better. <laughs> I, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, we've it's uh, a great day so far. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've uh, we've been kicking it and kind of uh, snooping through the uh, the cabinets here, and we found some treasures that we'll probably uh, get into later on in the program as we talk. And <laughs> but but more than that, we've just uh, just been catching up and hanging out. And I don't know if we did enough of that back in the day when we when we used to do a radio show together back on KGRG. No, we were super business oriented, which was weird because th- we were definitely not getting paid. Um, <laughs> business. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we almost had like a professional relationship. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like we could have more of like a non-professional friendship. Yeah, because we're I'm not professional. You're the professional here. Well, well, I okay. I'm I'm professional during the week and during the day. Yeah, but not as much here, man. This is this is where I get to get it get to kind of cut loose uh, a little bit. But you know, it's it's interesting because like we're we're doing this uh, this reunion of sorts. Um, kind of like a, at a, a I, I guess it would be fair to say, kind of like a, a bittersweet occasion because you're getting ready to leave the country forever. Uh, yeah, or... probably forever. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to be an American citizen, but you know. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to be moving up to Vancouver, B.C. And... <laughs> Keep working on that. Thank you. I will. Because, well, I mean, I, I think don't... my Minnesotan roots will help with the accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was going to say, I don't know if West Coast Canadians have that same stereotypical inflection, like the A and the boots. And... There's a little bit. And I mean, even my wife, like she's some, and my mother-in-law, sometimes they say a boot and then I call them out on it. They're like, no, that's not what's happening. You dumb American. I'm like, no, you can't fool me. That, I, I heard it. I saw it. Like, <laughs> I was there. Don't tell me it didn't happen. I know yeah. what happened. But like the total stereotype that Canadians are nicer, 100% true. 
Yeah. 100%. One time I was on a bus in downtown Vancouver and uh, these two guys were really heckling each other near the front of the bus, like yelling at each other, telling each other to shut up, but like getting louder each time they said to shut up. It was kind of funny. <laughs> and it was a packed bus and everybody was pretty uncomfortable. And then somebody from the back went, hey, do you think you can be quiet, please? And then the guy at the front point at the other guy that he was yelling at he's like yeah you better listen to him and then the guy in the back went uh i was talking about you way eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy at the front yeah. the two hecklers kind of like thought about it and then they said yeah you're right i'm sorry and then it was a completely quiet bus ride i feel like if that happened in seattle there would have been bloodshed most certainly so definitely <laughs> <laughs> and like seattle isn't even that hardened of a city i would say I mean, it's not New York City. It's not Brooklyn. Right, right. And it's not Tacoma. So <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to worry about getting run over by an e-scooter while, while, you're, while you're going through Seattle. Mike has so much to say about e-scooters. And, like, he might have recruited me to, like, the anti-scooter movement. They're death machines, man. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, you, you can go, like, 10, 15 mile an hour in them with, like, no helmets and no protective gear. Yeah, and, that's terrifying. And also, that's you're, like, in the city and... I don't know if you can get a DUI on those things. Oh, man. Probably not. You get turned down for what? It's like, could you imagine, like, you know, Pioneer Square on a Saturday night? People are just getting turned oh and getting on these, uh, on these, uh, Death Trap Razor scooters and, like, having, like, having, like, you know, jousting with them. And, I mean, man, it's. Okay, but that would be kind of sick at a Ren Fair. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, could you imagine some knights in yeah. full armor? Uh huh. And then they joust each other, but on scooters. <laughs> yes. Hopefully with like a little yarn pony head on the handles. Yes. Yes. You know okay, what? That might be good. You know what? Exceptions. I, I think you have turned me around on the on the perspective of e-scooters in in minimal capacity. I just I yeah. just don't need them in my city though, where I'm no. where I'm gonna you know uh, where I'm gonna get run over or watch somebody like you know plant into the side of a car and then be hurled into oh, the God. street and i'm really doom and gloom about this i'm like the only guy in the seattle area that's like <laughs> say no to e-scooters they're death machines i mean if that's the hill you want to die on <laughs> well, <laughs> i prefer to not die on that hill that's why i stay in because my single occupancy car you didn't use an e-scooter to get to that hill <laughs> exactly so <I> mean. <laughs> exactly so i i'm okay it's it's your safety i worry about being the the listener not necessarily you it's, yeah <laughs> it's so weird because like i i spend a lot of my time referring to uh folks that are listening as you using yeah. that kind of pronoun it's like what do you think about this blah 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 yeah. but it's it, and it's kind of interesting though how the pronoun kind of shifts a little bit when you're actually referring to somebody that you're sharing the studio with um so yeah i, I don't know where any of that was going but um all right, so let's see. Let's. I have one more thing to add about scooters. Of course, please. I think that they would be really cool if used on stage. And the idea that came into my mind was Glenda the Good Witch, like sailing <laughs> gently across the stage in her beautiful gown, like on an e-scooter. Okay. Like how smooth would that be? Her floating, it would be beautiful, graceful, uh, breathtaking, even. So maybe uh, e-scooters have their place yeah. in the arts, but not in. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to say, until, until it takes one of her ankles. <laughs> yeah, snap. I bet they're, like, way heavier than regular Razor scooters. Oh, and, yeah. like, many people... <laughs> well, yeah, they're motorized. Many people who are, like, 
I, I guess my age yeah. grew up with scooters. I guess a lot of people grew up with scooters, huh? But like yeah. the fear of getting off your scooter, trying to do a little trick, trying to impress yeah, your friends, yeah. and then you you just snap your ankles in half. Like <laughs> <laughs> I bet there's like an entire generation of people with like messed up ankles. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like oh we we grew up with razor scooters. But I gotta tell you, Nikki, I I appreciate uh, coming back to you now and hearing like old lady Mickey's wisdom. <laughs> so you are now an an aged individual. <laughs> Not even like. Though I do feel that old lady aesthetic deep down in my soul. <laughs> well, you've always kind of had that that old soul going on. Anyway, I think I think that's why you and I clicked and got along so well um, uh, way back in the day. But but shoot, man, it's been what uh, two two years since uh, yes. since we've done a show together. And... Yes, two years. It's a long time. Um, and it ended pretty abruptly. Yeah. There was a lot going on in both of our lives. Quite and so. I think that we had like a lot of different ideas mm-hmm. on where the show was going mm-hmm. and like what we wanted to do and like how far we wanted to take it and how much we were willing to dedicate it to the, yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I feel like our thoughts just kind of went different directions, mm-hmm. especially because at the, at that time, I was going through a lot of stuff like developmentally because I was what like nineteen at that point. Yeah, yeah, that's a child, and I'm <laughs> only twenty one now. Like, I'm still a child, but <laughs> but now you've I have turned a, though. Now I have a horizontal license, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's about all that's changed. But I mean, it has been so long since we even sat down and chatted. I yeah. Mean, once I saw you on Facebook, the first thought was, oh, Mike broke his vow yeah. of hating Facebook. It You succumbed. <laughs> it's true. And I, I have more on that, but I, I don't want to interrupt you. Go, go um, ahead. And I was like, oh, my God, Mike, Mike Seibert, the guy, the man, the legend that I spent a lot of time with that one time. And <laughs> usually really late at night at KGRG. Right. Where he would, like, freak out and make himself look like Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that, too. Because, like, oftentimes it would be, like, an all-day thing at, like, either yeah. the college and then the radio station. Well, we had and... our classes, too. Mm-hmm. And then we had to have Gator Grill meals, which are. I have opinions, which which you know our our good buddy Dave referred to in our in in uh, this uh, and it's funny about about Dave. Incidentally, a uh, shout out to Dave Sanders My for making Dave. all all the uh, <laughs> uh, show intros and bumpers and outros and all all that other cool stuff is like so he made like a half dozen of these for me, and I've been making it a point of uh, uh, playing them. I mean, I played through all of them just to make sure that they worked, but I. You know, sometimes I don't know which one I'm going to play, so it's yeah. always like a surprise. And yeah, so this one was a uh, um, uh, obviously shout out to those breakfast burritos we used to do uh, back in the yes. day. But but you have you have opinions about the about the Gator Grill overpriced. Well, yeah, their veggie burgers were always still cold. <laughs> That makes me really mad because at the time I was like a vegetarian for a year or so. And I was like, you know what? All I can get here are veggie burgers unless I'm just like bowl of beans, please. (laughs) And I'm not going to do that at a radio station. Right. You can't edit out all those farts. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because it's just like part of the ambience. It's like there's there's nothing you can do about it. It's the room sound now. (laughs) 
man. White noise machine. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least it, at least it's not like the ASMR or whatever. Oh, I can't stand it, dude. Oh my gosh. I also gosh. have opinions. I'm a very opinionated young woman. I love it. Tell me more. I have a lot to say. <laughs> She's like none of which I'm going to say right now. But no, I uh, so I I was uh um I saw a beer commercial the yes. other day and it was one of those things where it's like the, the lady like seductively brings up the sweating beer bottle oh, and she's God. all like tink 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 Oh I saw that one rap, rapping her nails on the thing and I just almost her threw, acrylics? Oh my god, I, I almost threw up right then and there and then she's like I have something cool, to cool. say <laughs> about commercials. Why are food commercials so messy? Like Explain. Okay, so um, take, for instance, like a Red Lobster commercial. Okay. Would it be a Red Lobster commercial if there wasn't butter flying everywhere? Oh. If there wasn't like a cascade of butter, then people would just throw some parboiled shrimps up in that bitch. And then they're like, now it's buttery shrimp for your mouth. Eat it, please. (laughs) And it's like, who's going to clean up all that butter? (laughs) (laughs) Shove it in your face. I don't want to clean up the butter. That's a mess. Well, see, I think what it is is that we're all... In the world begot by Salt Bay, we're in a post-Salt Bay universe where we're just throwing steaks on yeah. a grill and just doing the Salt Bay, like, uh, like doing uh, a really thing. intense fork twirl yes. out of a sauce. It's like that sauce is gonna be all over your dang table. Yep. I don't want to clean it up. <laughs> so also, this isn't a paper towel commercial. <laughs> What's happening? Cro- cross marketing. Cross marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here's the deal. Strap yourselves in, folks, because that this this stuff that we're doing here is the entirety of the show. Yes. We we don't necessarily have like a big benchmark <laughs> topic. Like, you know, we're we're gonna talk about kind of like where uh you know, kind of like the, the recent pop culture stuff that we've consumed and you know, yeah. do some catching up. I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we've been um kind of hanging around for uh the last few hours, kinda trying to, you know, get caught up over over the last uh two years of just like whoa that's that's a that's a different lifestyle change wow that's that's crazy and <laughs> a lot changes in two so years. so we so we've got a lot of that done by i bet you we're still going to unpack a lot of this as uh as we chat here so um so yeah it's it's not necessarily um you know like uh, again like uh in previous episodes where i'm talking to killing spree for for two and a half hours about godzilla king of the monsters um uh, but yeah, no, we're just we're just gonna catch up and and have some fun. So, um, so that being said, Mickey, um, yes. I guess um, I don't know. In in a, in a nutshell, do you want to kind of talk a little bit about what you've been up to for the for the last couple years? Oh, sure. So, um, after I left KGRG, I became a caregiver for the state. Um, so I'm technically a government worker, and that Whoa. is very weird. <laughs> wow. So I work for DSHS and. I take care of clients with uh, mental disabilities, physical disabilities, personality disorders, autism, and the such. And so, like, some days I'm playing cards with people. I'm watching movies. I'm making sure that they get fed and that they go to bed at a decent time and that they're cleaned up. They get showered and everything. And other days it's like, oh, my God, I hope I don't get sent out on a gurney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty sketch sometimes. uh, But they also, my clients, they say the darndest things. And um, 
it's really funny. There's this one guy that I work with, and I won't name names because sure. HIPAA, you know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, you are an adult. That's, that's I, I know. I just use an acronym. Gross. But um, <laughs> but um, he always asks me questions like, um, do your kids go to school? Does your husband do this? And I tell him, hey, I actually don't have kids, and I don't have a husband. And he says, well, who do you have? And I'm like, I have cats. And he's <laughs> like, do your cats ride the school bus? Do you pack your cats' lunches? Like, oh no, my gosh. you're adorable, but no. <laughs> and it's just, it's really fun. There's a bunch of wacky stuff that goes down every day, and I'm kind of surprised that I'm still there. Mm-hmm. There's also some really gross stuff happens. Yeah. Like, I've discovered something called colostomy bags. Oh, buddy. And having to change those, not great. Also... I now have the superpower of never being surprised by a naked body. <laughs> oh, wow. I think I've seen, like, every wiener that there is to see. <laughs> Nothing surprises me now. I'm like, oh, there's somebody running outside naked, and hopefully the staff finds them soon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it just doesn't surprise me. Hmm. So that's what I've been doing for work. I'm actually quitting really soon. Right. And then I want to get back into radio because I realize this is where my passion lies. Mm-hmm. And then I might want to go back to school to become an art teacher or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of what I've been looking at. But I'm still very young and I have mm-hmm. a lot of time. And I kind of realize I got to start acting my age a little bit, kind of pursuing some arts that probably won't make me a lot of money, but will be very, very fulfilling for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have to settle down into a job for like... 40, 50 years, because that's not really how I see myself going ever, you know? Yeah, well, and kind of like the, the you know, not not to paint with too broad a brush, but, yeah. you know, like kind of like that, that post-millennial lifestyle choice things. It's like, I could just do what I want. Yeah, I mean, kind of that, but I also realize, like, I put a lot of value in going to school and learning new skills yeah. on the job and in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And... um I'm really, really into the idea of trying out many different careers throughout my life. And I realized also, I only, whenever it comes to jobs, I'm only only at the job for like less than three years. So I'd like to keep on doing that. And maybe that's not like the most viable option, but mm-hmm. I'm going to learn the most and meet the most people and probably have the best time. And that's really great. <laughs> um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, you know, one one of the things that that we were talking about a little bit over lunch, and yeah. you, so like you you were you were kind of asking me what I've been up to, and you know my my listeners have kind of like you know an idea of what they've what I've been up to because one I can't start I I can't shut up about the KGRG time to the point where I I think I I need to find a break point at some. At some opportunity to just be like, because I, I even though I've been doing this uh, podcast, Mike Cyber Radio, for in fact, actually, if I, if I were to do the calculation, I would say I've probably been doing Mike Cyber Radio longer than the time that I was doing um, any of the shows that we were doing, like, you know, whether it was Mike After Dark or once you joined me, it became Mike and Mickey After Dark and then the Monday Project after that. Um, I I think I've racked up more time in episodes in that post time, but yet the shadow of KGRG still kind of looms large over a lot of the content that I do. Like, Like, for example, we're here in the studio today and I can't help but mention it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for you, you're trying to make like a conscious effort to kind of 
cut yourself away mm-hmm. and say, I'm a my own radio man now. I do my own radio things. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and my thing will it'll always be kind of weird because I started doing radio when I was in college, you know, very late in life. You know, I mean, not not late in life. No, that, that's that's the wrong way of putting it. I, I make it sound like I'm older than I am. Like I came <laughs> as like a busy retiree or something. I'm going to do this radio thing. Yeah. <laughs> but really, and, and my boss at work explains this to me, uh, or not, I'm sorry, doesn't explain it to me, but when he's talking about me to other folks, when he's like introducing me to like, you know, advertisers or salespeople, he's like, oh, and this is Mike. And, you know, he uh, he comes to us from Green River College. And and this is kind of a career change for him. You know, it's like, you know, he, you know, had had a career he was prolific at and then went to school for a while. And and, you know, now he's here and we're glad to have him. And and I think that is an accurate distillation of some of my life experience but i think what makes it really complicated is that you know um i have college radio with kgrg then kgrg ends for me because i got a job in commercial radio and now i'm in this weird spot where i do podcasting on the side i'm still very prolific at my commercial radio job but then i keep like not even a foot but like a fraction of a toe kind of in the kgrg world like for example we found the 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 secret entrance to get access the same one (laughs) that that me and killing spree use from time to time but i'm not part of the staff i don't i don't you know i don't do a live on-air shift i don't participate in current promotions or anything like that so like in a weird way i've kind of divorced myself from that but I'm still more than happy to uh, use the studio and the facilities here, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I, I guess where I'm going with that is that it's I don't I'm I'm an incredibly nostalgic and sentimental person. Like, I mean, nostalgia is important to me. And that like, you know, that's that's, uh, you know, something we might touch on when we get into fandoms and, and things like that. But I don't I don't like to think that I live in the past. Meaning, like, not every story is like, oh, man, this time was so much more awesome or something. Like, remember this one time we did this one thing with KGRG. Yeah. yeah. And and it's okay to kind of, like, stop by there from time to time. Like, I mean, that's that's perhaps some of the energy we're touching on here. But one of the things that you and I, Mickey, were talking about is, like, we didn't want to do a show that was just that. Where it's just like, hey, remember that thing that we did when we were completely different people? Exactly. I mean, KGRG is very much a stepping off point, especially now that you are a professional radio person Mm -hmm. and you do podcasting as one of your main hobbies and art forms. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that you still have that fraction of a pinky toe in KGRG Mm -hmm. because this is where you found your footing. Yeah. This is where you found your voice and developed those skills. And that's where you had really positive support from many people other creatives around you kind of encouraging you Mm -hmm. to go ahead and do this radio thing like yes this is right for you Mm -hmm. and it is right for you obviously so because of your passion and your drive um but i can see also why you don't want to just live in the kgrg mindset while you're working where you're working yeah and while you're doing your own podcast in your own podcasting space Mm -hmm. but it makes sense why you are still kind of stuck and i don't even want to say you're stuck i mean it's like looking back at your trainer and being like 
thank you, sensei. <laughs> and like KDRT is your sensei in that moment. Yeah. Hopefully you don't kill your sensei for no reason, but like, right, right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, th- this is the breeding ground for so many great personalities and so many great skills sure. to be made and to be honed. So, I mean, I don't think it's even that bad of a thing for you to still live on in KGRG in some way and for mm. KGRG to live on in you in some way. Okay. Because it was the birth of Radio Mike. Yeah, okay, okay. It's what gave you the drive and you're like, you know what, this isn't some pipe dream. This is something I can yeah. do and it's fun and I love it. I I, I love it. I, I really appreciate that, Mickey. That's uh that's that's uh that's wonderful insight. Um and yeah, I just I, I I fear too much that that perhaps I'm living in the past and I don't wanna be that guy. But um uh, but I, I I definitely take what you said to heart. That's uh that's uh that's great stuff. Totally coach to reference the past. Still enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which which is interesting because as, as I was saying before, you know, I'm I'm nostalgia guy, you know, and I yeah, and it's your and, thing. and sentimentality is is you know, I, I you know, I'll I'll be like, you know, I like a, a nickelback video, look at this photograph. <laughs> I think and, that's one of your best skills. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And um and and that just kind of reminded me a little bit. Uh, and again, this is old hat for for listeners because I mean, again, it's kind of up top in the intro. But one of the things that I was so excited to share with you uh, over lunch is that yeah, I've I've really doubled and tripled down on a Transformers fandom, and I've <laughs> yes. I've gotten into it in a big bad way. Um, and I and I just I remember it would kind of like creep into some of the material we would do occasionally, like you know, like there there'd be like some occasional sound drop or I'd play yeah. like some of the music and and whenever it was your birthday yes. you would uh, spend an extra few hours at the station like talking about Transformers and playing the soundtrack mm-hmm. I remember that and so yeah so in, in some of the more recent times I've I've connected with um, folks, um, you know, podcasters, you know, obviously the guys from uh, Autopod Decepticast, uh, uh, Aaron, Ryan, and Caleb. That's a great name. It, it's it's awesome, and they're great. Um, <laughs> they're you know from uh, Springfield, Missouri, and you know they huddle around their their blue Yeti mic and they go through Transformers the movie minute by minute. And do they have accents? Um. Maybe I mean I I would have to play some audio for you, but yeah. um uh but yeah no I mean well it's interesting because like I've heard that like Seattle people have an accent, but I but since I live here I can't really discern it. I think that's super true of anywhere you live, but from somebody because my dad grew up he was born in Colorado, grew up in Minnesota, mm-hmm. and then moved to Washington like twelve years ago. Okay, um he definitely can tell that. Perhaps you do not have an accent, but we definitely have terms of terms of sorry terms of phrase. Yeah, like um, stuff like that. Nobody else in the country says stuff like that as often as people from Seattle do. From ah, what I've noticed, that's a good point because I mean, I, I was I was going to say it's like, wait a minute, is that an example of somebody that's not from here? Because I say that a lot. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's really interesting though. Also, the yeah no. Or, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's huge. I think it's like more of a West Coast thing, but I think it's, so. it's pretty strong in Washington, too. Yeah, because like I, I, I was uh, I, I was corresponding with somebody on Facebook about that because there was some meme. It's like, well, you know, you're from California when you answer things with like, yeah, no. And I'm like, yeah, no, we, we do that in <laughs> Seattle, too. That That is it's like that. That's that's a Seattle thing. But I think you're absolutely right in that. It's it's more of a. 
um, West Coast thing. Um, which uh, which reminds me, and you know, uh, so obviously we're gonna go tangents within tangents and kind of you know switch back around. I I, uh, I I wanted to tell my uh, Facebook story because because yes, I because re- I because I realized that I I don't know if I have talked about this on the air or not. Um, it was uh, so it was like I don't know uh, maybe two years ago now at this point. I you know it's been long enough to where I'm getting like one year ago memories in my in my Facebook. Oh yeah, and so, you always share them. You're like, why did I take this picture? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a million likes for you, Mike. Yeah. And you're like, look, another Mr. Tater. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tater is prolific. Yeah. I you know I always thought I wanted to make like a separate Instagram for uh, for uh, for Mr. Tater. And I just never got around to it because I didn't feel like I could maintain it. It's difficult. But um, I think Mr. Tater at least needs a T-shirt. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> my my enormous cat. I actually <laughs> thought of <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I thought about sending you a happy Father's Day message. And then you're like, I'm not uh, a dad. I'm like, this is Mr. Tater erasure. Um, you're definitely a dad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's brilliant i love it <laughs> but, but no i so the the uh, uh the reason why i got on facebook is kind of kind of twofold and kind of sort of anticlimactic but also kind of cathartic in a weird way um the the shortest answer is i i got on it for work you know it's like so like as my job as a show producer there are times that i will need to post content to the station's Facebook page or the individual talents page. And I I remember this this conversation I had with my boss very distinctively because I was like, um, he's like, okay, well, cool. Just uh um, you know, let me know and I'll add you. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. Just uh let me know the password and I'll log in. He's like, no, let let me know and I'll I'll add you. It was like this went back and forth like four times. Yeah. And he's like on Facebook, like typing in my name. He's I can't find you. I can't find you. And I'm like, I'm not on Facebook. And I was like, I was thinking you could just give me like like the password to log in. And huh. I I realize now, a couple years later, how how dumb that is. Cause I remember even that back here at like the KGRG times where it's like, ooh, we should add you to the management page. I'm like, sure, just uh, you know, let me know what the password is so yeah. I can log no, in. No, but that was a true thing back <laughs> but, then. Cause then you just needed like a fun uh username and password, and then that was it. You were into the management page. But for Facebook, you gotta like be a person yeah and that's weird and put in information and and it was one of those things where it's like um you know and i had been relatively prolific on both twitter and instagram at at that point and it was just like you know and as you well know from from working with me at KGRG for for those couple of years, that you know how anti Facebook I was. Yeah, you were super against it. Yeah, and and it's so funny because you know as as we as we get older and we mature, and even somebody of my advanced maturity, <laughs> I mean, no, I I still have tons of opportunity to grow. And what I've discovered is that I can be incredibly stubborn, and it's interesting. That Facebook, ironically enough, became one of those things that I was just kind of needlessly stubborn about. Because what I did one day is I just, I'm like, well, I, I rationalized this in that, like, I, well, I, I got to do it for work, which I didn't necessarily, you know, had to. It just would have made things increasingly difficult. Yeah. So it would have made things much easier. And I was at a spot where I wanted 
to participate in work stuff. It's like, no, I, I want to be a part of this. So I guess this is why I need to do be a part of it. But then I thought, okay, well then if I do that, well, that gives me another platform to promote the podcast. Because during the entirety of my time here at KGRG, it's like, well, what's your Facebook page? And I'm like, well, I'm on Twitter and everybody's on freaking Facebook. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize that. Or, I mean, again, in my stubbornness, I kind of pushed back against that. And so so that was that was the second thing. I thought it was another platform for me to promote the podcast. But then... Um, I had, um, my, uh, my uncle's brother, uh, got sick and passed away and it was one of those things where, and this was all happening like right at the same time. And it was maybe like just after I had set up my Facebook. So it wasn't really the inciting incident. It was kind of like a byproduct of it, but it was one of those things where, um, suddenly I was coordinating and connecting with family in a way that I never had before, you know, either, either via Facebook messenger or just, you know, seeing, you know, stuff that's going, you know, pictures and, you know, stuff like, like an entire arm of stuff that I had just never had any exposure to before. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. Yes. And suddenly I kind of felt like this weird pang of regret that, you know, I had, you know, for as prolific as I was on some of those other social medias, it didn't necessarily have the, um, uh, for lack of a better term, nostalgia tools that that Facebook really kind of has built in. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, so it does this? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so I kind of understood. And so I, I, I like one of my first lengthier Facebook posts Cause, and that was the other thing, too. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that's <laughs> that, that, that put out my manifesto. Yeah. Uh, and, and even then, what, what I do now, just a little peek behind the curtain, is I will, I will actually write a post on Twitter first and then copy and paste it over to Facebook just to try to keep myself concise. Oh, and because of the word count. Exactly. Because, because oh, yeah, again, I just, I mean, uh, TLDR is, is, <laughs> is a real thing, man. And uh, yeah, so, is. but so one of, one of the lengthier posts that I wrote was kind of like explaining, I was like, you know, and, and the thing I just said, it's like, you know what? It's, it's time. It's time. And my, uh, my uncle again, whose, whose brother had, had just recently passed away, um, apparently that, that really clicked with him in a, in a weirdly big, bad way. Like he's, he wasn't on Facebook then he still isn't now. Um, and, and it's been a few years, but, uh, but my aunt showed him my post and it kind of like moved him to where oh. it's, he's just like, and again, he was, he was in a very emotionally raw state at the time, but, but it was one of those things where it's like, I, I get it. I get where you're coming from. And I'm really kind of excited to kind of see the stuff that that you put out there and in that time being it's it's mostly transformers memes <laughs> but <laughs> it so, comes full circle it comes full circle because well and 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 i was um you know we got together with some friends of ours i don't know that this had to have been over a year ago and i've i had that ex exact same experience it's like for somebody that was so anti-facebook for so long man you you really seem to be embracing it and being quite prolific because i you know i write things i i share posts i share podcasts and and really and but for me as i said I'm, i was like 
well, but this is what I've been doing on Twitter for years. It's the same thing. You just see it now. Yeah. And and so that it's, it's a weird degree of visibility that I, and I think maybe part of it was I was afraid. And um, I, I, and again, in my stubbornness, it was like, oh, well, I, I don't want people from high school to come out of the woodwork and find me. You know, it's funny, like, and, and that was like a legitimate concern, like a legitimate, like, I don't want to do this because I don't want to open myself up to Most this. certainly. And then, like, when coworkers try to start adding yeah. you, and then coworkers' families try to start adding you, it's like, you don't even know my middle name, man. Who yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, so so I, I, I still, and it was kind of weird because, again, I was, I was afraid of that flooding of friend requests. Yeah. You know what happened? Nothing. Almost nothing. Oh. <laughs> One person from high school uh-huh. who, you know what, that, and they were friends with Lucky already. Oh, so I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Um, some old coworkers from before I went to college, but it was like less than five. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's reasonable. And and then it just kind of leveled off. Then it just became folks that I've been acquainted with. I mean, a lot of family, um, a lot of Lucky's family. Um, but yeah, I mean, now it's 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 really kind of tapered off. And now it's really just kind of like XX, Russian bride XX <laughs> that like tries to add me as friends occasionally. And I'm like... Oh, dully. <laughs> but yeah, it's so it, it really has kind of leveled off. But it's it it is an interesting thing because like I you know some people uh, either at work or otherwise will be oh man you should be careful about what uh, what you put out on Facebook and I'm like dude if if people want to know that I do a podcast and I'm really into Transformers that's 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 what you're gonna get well it's like well no you like check into a lot of stuff I'm like. I don't care. It's like what I mean, maybe I need to have like that backfire type of experience that I haven't had yet to to kind of sour me on it. Well, I'm not even sure what would happen. Like mm. would some like a super fan of yours try to find you and Lucky and be like, "Oh my god, the Transformers guy. It's him." <laughs> and then like chase y'all down. Right. I don't know. Like I don't want to rain on your parade and be like, "No, you're not super famous or anything like that." You're right. great at what you do, but I just I don't see any like super fans coming at you. I don't see any stalkers coming exactly. for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that backfire is going to happen. Maybe be like, oh, he went to the Old Country Buffet on Tuesday. Right. I was there on Wednesday. Wow, cool. Wow, or like, you know, this is his movie theater. I'm going to wait for him behind the uh, the uh, uh, Bumblebee standee or something <laughs> like that. It's like, no, none of that. That's He it, got the blue Slurpee. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's all just nonsense, and it turns out. Yeah. Out that I was, I was just being stubborn, and you know, as as I get older, I just you know, I I, I think about those things from a different perspective. It's like, ah, oh, man, I probably didn't need to be so stubborn about that. Uh, but Facebook, so so yeah, so so that's so that's where it is, and I I share my uh, Transformers memes. But anyway, so so to pick up on that, um, I you know I've I've gotten into um, Transformers fandom in a big bad way, and I've I've connected with. Um, you know, a lot of new friends that are, that are, um, uh, that are my age, you know, yeah. which, which is kind of like, exciting. yeah. And, and it's weird and new and, and I love it, but, and, and I guess 
one of the things that that I enjoy the most about Transformers fandom, and again, this is this is repetition for anybody that's listening that's you know heard my last several episodes but but mickey more for your benefit the thing that i love about transformers fandom is how inclusive it is yes and there and there is material for everybody um you know especially like with with regards to like you know fan art um you know i i have discovered that uh you know as as a crusty old guy over the age of 40 i think uh uh shippy art is pretty fun sometimes <laughs> I'm, I'm just like i'm here for this oh man and in fact actually when this uh, episode drops i uh um i will be at tfcon uh toronto um, and I, I'm sure I am going to pick up Alex Milne's book of ships and it's just all, There's a book. Yeah. Well, he's, he's doing an art book, uh, a convention exclusive book of, uh, various, uh, uh, ship pieces. Now, is it a book or a zine? I, I don't know what the difference is. Could you, cause I've heard, I've heard that term thrown around a lot. I don't know what the difference is. Could you, could you, you okay. Do you get, know what a zine is? I've heard of it, but I don't know. Okay. So a zine is usually more of a grassroots thing where it's a lot of artists banding mm. together and then saying, yes, let's put all of our art together, uh, print it out, staple it ourselves and okay. then give it out or sell it for maybe a dollar or two. And so, and sometimes it comes with like, for example, if it was a fandom, like, I don't know, a really big anime right now is like My Hero Academia because there's a million zines for that at the moment, much to my dismay because I do not like My Hero Academia very much. At me if you will. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Jokes on them. They can't at you anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. I don't have a Twitter no more. (laughs) But um, it it might come with like a little keychain of the characters or a bookmark or something of that sort. Where when I think of a book, it's a lot more long form. There's a lot more to it and possibly fewer artists. Mm Because a zine, it's like each artist has a page and maybe there's like 30 pages. Mm -hmm. Maybe. That's a bigger one. Where a book, I would think it would be like that one artist and all of their pieces put together in a very glossy page. Yeah. And you get to flip through all their art and it's all them. Mm -hmm. That's their book. So I guess that's where my definitions come from. Is yeah. it like collaborative and grassroots or is it professionally printed in one person or like one or two people? Well, it, so so to answer your question directly, um, it's neither. It, it's, Fantastic. It, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's a, um, it's a uh, short run collection of this one artist's uh, pieces that he's selling at his table. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it, it's it's, it's kind of com- like it's a portfolio. A co- exactly. Yeah, it's a compilation. Oh, cool. So yeah, he's selling his portfolio. That's sweet. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's very common at, at a, a comic and fan conventions where yeah. like the artists will just sell like you know this is like you know my 2019 art book and it'll have like you know sketches or like different takes or you know just some of their their favorite pieces that they've done uh, commissions things like that. Yeah. So, but um, this uh, this particular artist has done enough uh, ship commissions to where now he's got like a collection of them. So, nice. so, and, and yeah, he put it out on Twitter. He's like, Hey man, if I put this out, is there a market for it? And, okay. and there was just a flood of like, yeah, man, I am here for this. Um, I, I, and I, I've told this story before, but I, I was mildly embarrassed that at first blush, I got over this very quickly. I thought he was talking about spaceships for spaceships? just a second. Yeah, well, because he said, would you buy a book of ships? 
Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, hells yeah, take Hell my money. Yeah, give me those schematics. But <laughs> exactly. it's like, no, it's people smooching. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. And, and but then I'm like, I like this dude's art. I'm down for that anyway. So. Okay. Well, now I have lots of questions. So it's Ooh. Is it the robots being shipped together? Yeah. Okay. Lots what... of lots of clanging. <laughs> okay. What's your favorite ship then? What What's your What's your OTP? Your one trip well, pairing. Well, okay. So do you have one? I, um, I well, my my favorite ship, I guess it. Well, it's canon in the comics, so I don't know if that counts. Oh. Does, does, no, that that counts. That counts. Yeah. Okay, so canon is okay. Yeah. There, there's, so. uh, there's a a couple. Uh, uh, oh God, how how do I even explain this, guys? Okay. I gotta explain who these people are. But yeah, it's, I'm it, not a transformer. Yeah, it person. it doesn't matter. It's a Chrome. I'm not Do- a gearhead. Yeah, it's a it's Chrome Dome <laughs> and Rewind. Basically, um, uh, one of them is like a a kind of stoic uh, um, uh, neurosurgeon type character, Ooh. and then um, the other guy, the little guy, uh, Rewind is a um he's kind of like a, a chronicler of sorts you know he's, he's always recording what's going on oh, cool. you know he's he's that um that kind of character you know he's, he's very uh um observational and it's like it's like why That's are you a good mix. it's like why are you recording this well you know you know for posterity you know we may you know who knows who's going to uh do this for uh, you know, who wants to see this material for later? This might be important. Exactly. Or like, you know, oftentimes in the comics, he's uh, like, it's almost like a trope where it's like, if something is like about to go down, like you'll, there'll be a panel of rewind activating his, his recorder. It'd be like, <laughs> it's like, this is going to be something click. <laughs> so yeah. And, and that their, their coupling is kind of like, I don't know. And, and, and again, this is where it's kind of like maybe like a cop out type answer because their coupling kind of inspired this kind of wellspring of, you know, uh, uh, shipping. Because really, um, I mean, Transformers were kind of made for, you know, uh, uh, young boys back in the 80s. Yeah. So but what's happened in recent years is the fiction has evolved to be, you know, more uh, inclusive and you have um uh all kinds of different uh diverse creators bringing their takes and different energies to it you have you have a lot of female creators you have a lot of um uh queer identifying uh creators involved nice. um so so that that type of energy has really just uh uh made its way into the stories and even for somebody like me i I'm there for it because it's something refreshing and different. Exactly. And I think it's more reflective of society now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but it is interesting to where, yeah, it's like, you know, you can have these, you know, ancient war robots, but but they in love. And <laughs> they like to hold hands. <laughs> well, and 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 as as the comics go further, there's even other stories about, you know, like uh there there's trans characters and cool. and so I mean so like that 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 type of representation in, in so in a fandom or I'm sorry a, a mythology where apparently gender is a thing um but ethnicity isn't really um that that's where you can tell a lot of stories about representation like there's there's a uh, um one uh one character RC who is kind of like basically like the the main female robot from back in the day. She was in that 86 movie that I'm so bonkers about. Yes. But she's kind of been repurposed and rebooted as like a 
kind of a, a badass warrior type character uh, when you meet her in the contemporary comics. But then as the stories continue, you find out that um, the character was originally gender assigned male and was forcefully transitioned for Ooh. for plot reasons. So so there's a lot of baggage that that character carries because of that. Oh wow. And then ends up uh um getting a a happy ending with with her own little little uh uh robot shipmate. Aww. And and she's super adorable as as well. And and again, it's one of those things it's like, "Oh, you don't have to be a hard warrior. You can you could just be lovey-dovey and Aww. and just hang out at 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 home with me and let's, you know, let's let's go have this uh post-war happy happy ending, you know, where we're just making a home together and living so in peacetime." So th- so that's that's a lot of the the energy that's kind of been going on in in kind of specifically the comic books but that's a very very long way of saying my favorite thing about transformers fandom is that it caters to folks like me still like i mean there's still tons of optimus prime toys and i get my sound wave action figures and <laughs> and i'm i'm very well represented and catered to even pandered to as a fan like like that bumblebee movie was made for me yeah. Um. And it was made by folks that are about my age. And so, I mean, I feel like I was represented in a big, bad way. But that story, I I think if you haven't seen it yet, I would highly recommend it to you because I, I think you'd really like it. Oh, tangents within tangents within tangents. I have another question about shipping, though. Okay. In the uh, art, are they cars or robots? Robots. Are, are there ever cars? You know, that's... So, so Transformers <laughs> fans never being happy is totally a thing. But, um, but yeah, just be cars. They're they're very rarely vehicles. Even really? even when the even where it makes more sense for the plot for them to be vehicles to travel for, like they'll they'll like drive around on like e scooters or or spaceships <laughs> or travel in ships, as it were, huh. um, rather than than transform into spaceships and and or or cars or trucks or whatever. But yeah, I I don't think I've seen a vehicle mode ship piece. Hmm. I I. It's ma- also kind of getting into like Disney's Cars territory. Yeah. Yeah, where like is how how does that ship art work? Also, why is yeah. that ship art a thing? I have many questions. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that is I'm sure that is that is definitely a thing. And I okay, so I I apologize. I kind of I kind of lost track a little bit about what I was talking about. I'm sure it was something having to do with uh with with ships. And you were talking and, about uh, Transformers and how it's kind of like more super serving people in oh, your audience as well. That's right. Yeah. And and so yeah, so so watch that Bumblebee movie and yes. and I have I have a padlock for like, you know, why you need to Um I remember several years ago that you gave me a hard recommend for a a little animated movie called Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes, very good movie. Still recommend it. Same director. Is it really? Go watch Bumblebee. Wait, okay. I might have seen parts of Bumblebee. Is okay, it, is it the one where like the like the teen girl is all yes. hardcore and she listens to punk rock and then she finds this card of uh, junkyard and she's like, yeah. "Could I take it home? It's my birthday." <laughs> and the old man's like, "You know what? You can take it home. It's your birthday." And she's like, "Oh my god, it's my birthday!" And then she takes it home and then she's like, "Oh, what the fuck? It's a robot!" And then the robot's like, "I'm kind. I promise." And then the big evil robots are like, "What's going on? I have to go to Earth now. I guess." Is that the one? <laughs> 
and that has been Bumblebee in one <laughs> act. <laughs> oh my god! No, I only I only saw half of it. That so. was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> I only saw half because I'd take my clients home from Med Pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that that kind of made my day. But I'm um, glad. <laughs> but but with that is that it's it's um. So I'm I'm catered to as like you know like a P one from day one. Yes. But the thing that blew me away is like I, I went to TFCon in Chicago, uh, the first convention I had ever traveled to, and I, I got on a plane and flew to Chicago. It was crazy, <laughs> and I remember walking the convention floor and seeing so many people that looked nothing like me. You know, uh, younger guys. Um, uh, younger, older women, um, you know, uh, um, straight folks, coupled folks, people of color, people of color. And, and it was, and it really, awesome. it blew my hair back because like, I guess this preconceived notion, you know, of what a transformer fan looks like in 1999, uh, 1999, Hello? that too. It, wow. I just, I slipped into a time tunnel there for a second, but no, what, what somebody looks like in 2019 is me right yeah and me and my friends the folks i was there to uh connect with and that's really easy to assume yeah and and i was just like there's girls here <laughs> and 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 not girls even girls in, in my convention space <laughs> yeah and and i i i don't and i i I'm waiting for somebody on Twitter to accuse me of uh, uh, gatekeeping or white knighting or whatever because, like, I, I use I use the I, I do a lot of shows with Killing Spree, <laughs> so I get like I get a lot of terms thrown my way. Oh, but I bet. but I um um I the the term I use is sharing my fandom, okay. and, and I don't know that that's not meant to be derogatory or no. like that I'm like allowing for it, but it's like I like that we're all in this fandom together and that we can find a lot of common ground because like, you know, I was standing in line for the uh, uh, same uh, writer, the same creator that again, like folks that look nothing like me that, you know, are all about like, you know, that the the coupling and the shipping and stuff. It's oh, it was so cool when, you know, uh, Chrome Dome said this to Rewind yeah. and he was like, oh, T and stuff and they and they were like um and again not meaning to be derogatory but like fangirling where it's like ooh, <laughs> and then and then it became to be my turn and i was kind of like ooh, because fangirling because because i you know and and the stuff i loved was completely different from the stuff that i loved i'm like i love that you had this badass line where you know uh you know megatron finally tells off optimus prime and like then they, they like you know they have this really heated debate discussion and, and it was like it was just it was it was Taking just him to robot court exactly <laughs> robot court coming soon to cbs right right after jag because all shows should be jag but all right, so I I went on a really really long tangent talking about Transformers, Transformers. fandom, but I because I I had shared a little bit with that with you earlier, but I I guess I figured since we were here with the mics on, I would go a little more. Well, yeah, uh, and I don't know a whole lot about Transformers. I I never got into it as a kid because I think mm -hmm. I was a little too young to start getting into it. Yeah, because um, I was born in '98, mm -hmm. so 
that's really weird for some people. That was born in 1998. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I never really got into it. But by following you on Facebook, incidentally, mm-hmm. I started learning about it. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's something that would be cool to get into. But then I look at the long list of things I already want to get into. It's like, That's the ooh. thing. It's like, do I got room for more fandom? Yeah, because I'm into quite a few things, and I think a lot about them, and I put a lot of time and effort into, like, headcanons and AUs, and I like to flesh out characters mm-hmm. in my own way uh, while actually watching the show before I actually get into fandoms. I... And very anti-spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, and I think this is where you were going, mm. the my fandom situation. Yeah, yep, it's, it's happening. Uh, I'm a Trekkie now, and that's amazing. Which and is I, totally new, because <laughs> like in the entirety of the time that I knew you, you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't do Star Trek. Yeah, and I didn't do Star Wars either. I, I was not a sci-fi type person. Right. But then um, my wife, Jasper, introduced it to me. She's like, you know, we should watch the first two-parter episode of The Next Generation and see what you think. It's really campy Mm -hmm. and kitschy. So, like, if you don't like it, we can just turn it off. But then uh, the whole trial for humanity happened and Q came out in that amazing outfit. Oh, my God. The red robes. The drama of the uh, like the throne being moved yep. around the courtroom. It was a little WWE type flashy, and I appreciate that a oh, lot. Yeah. And <laughs> and I just I turned to her and I'm like, I love this. I love this so much. This is all I can talk about for the rest of my life. If you don't want to hear about it, break up with me right now. I love Star Trek. <laughs> 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 and that was. Um, God, I think like around last Christmas. Okay. And it's June as of we're recording this. Mm-hmm. And I'm now on season five wow. of Star Trek because I watch it at work on my lunch breaks. <laughs> and I get like all teary-eyed and emotional about it. But um, I love it so much. I think it's such a fantastic series. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, it has a lot of diversity to it. Oh, Obviously, yeah. it was made in the late 80s yeah late 80s early 90s exactly so like there is some kind of push to make it more inclusive yeah Uh, but i feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities for queer representation like girl you cannot look at me and tell me lieutenant yar was not a lesbian (laughs) ensign roe not a lesbian you're a fool (laughs) <laughs> I love this. I, I got to tell you, Mickey, I am here for all of this. This is amazing. First Commander Riker, bi? Yes, of course. Yeah. He I'm... has to be. Everyone in space has to be bi. There's so many cool aliens to fuck. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, I mean, because, I mean, that, that thing... You know, Will Riker is the closest thing to uh, getting Kirk energy and just Most like, certainly. just will fuck anything. Captain Kirk. I, I'm so after the next generation, okay. my wife's favorite is Deep Space Nine. Oh, and her man. favorite character is Garrick. Of course. She is obsessed with Garrick, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, there was actually a joke that at her wedding she wanted to show up in full Cardassian makeup, and I'm like, I can't kiss you through that. That's weird. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot, especially because like I can't. I'm not. I wasn't even planning on wearing my com badge. Yes, I have a com badge. <laughs> Movie quality. <laughs> oh my gosh. I paid good money. <laughs> um. Oh, where was I going? With That's this? amazing. <laughs> Oh, um, and we were going to be watching the original series yes. once I moved up there in August. Okay. 
Um, probably later though, because I don't think I'm gonna finish another like be- almost three seasons of Star Trek in like two months. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen as much as I love it. <laughs> um, but I feel like because it was during the late '80s, early '90s, and because there was that one producer who was very anti-queer. Mm. I forget his name. Rick Berman or something? Really? I mean, because I know that name, but I I didn't realize. Oh my god, he was the tea. so against having gay characters, and I mean, for example, with Data and yeah. Lore, sure, they wanted Lore to be like a female Data, so then Data could have a girlfriend, and then it was Brent Spiner himself who was like, um, can we not? Because Data definitely likes Jordy LaForge, and you are a very silly man for thinking otherwise. Can Lord just be my twin brother? And then they were like, oh, evil brother. Interesting. And then they ran with that, which I so much prefer because Lore is a chaotic bitch, and I yeah. love him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Lore's pretty great. <laughs> um, But at lunch, yes. I said to you, I have a favorite character, and you may not be able to guess who it is oh that's right you you promised a surprise yes and that, i was, I was that, wondering if you wanted to wager a guess huh well you know if i uh, and uh, going for a surprise yeah and... well, it's, I, I don't want to say surprise it's unexpected okay I I, i'm overthinking it that that's yeah. what it is i'm it's, it's I'm unexpected because people are like oh picard's your favorite like yeah he's so great and i wish he was my dad but he's not my favorite <laughs> i wish he was everybody's dad <laughs> I, I Can mean, we p- vote for Picard to be everybody's yeah, dad? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dad of everyone. Please, even though he hates children. Like, well, he doesn't hate them, but he well, just, he's not comfortable around children. No, no. Um, <laughs> God, let me see. Let me see. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's so many good choices. I am going to say that your favorite character on Star Trek The Next Generation is Lieutenant Commander Worf. Oh, my God. You got it. Yes! <laughs> really? I love Worf so much. He is my favorite character. In fact, I would go as far to say he is my comfort character. Oh, tell me more. I think about him a lot and like, it's going to sound so cringy nerdy, but like... <laughs> I, Dude, I, look where we're at. Listen to what we've been talking about. I know. You, you, I, I shouldn't be saying it, that. but like, Yeah, it's, I was going to say, make no apologies, man. But like, <laughs> when I'm in difficult situations, like... <laughs> this guy's sound lame too. But when I had to go to the dentist to get my wisdom teeth out, I was really scared. Yeah, but then I'm like, you know what? I bet Worf would be here and he would give me the strength of the Klingons and he would yes. say that it's very honorable that I'm going through this because it's very scary. And I'm like, I'm not crying right now and I'm not freaking out right now, even though they're, <laughs> they're going to put me under and uh, break my face in half. <laughs> and I'm just going to do it. And I'm not going to be able to go to work for a week because I'm going to look like a chipmunk and I'm going to have a lisp. <laughs> and I'm gonna be messed up on Vicodin for a while, <laughs> but um, that is oddly specific because it happened. <laughs> I was very messed up. Yeah. I do not see a tangent within a tangent. Pulling a mic here, I do not see how people can get addicted to Vicodin or drugs of that sort. Oh? It's not pleasurable in any way. 
I would just randomly conk out in very weird situations. I woke up on the floor a lot of times. <laughs> and I would just, like, sleep for hours. And apparently my dad was like, eh, let her rest. Like, oh, no. Let dad. her rest. <laughs> I'm right next to the stairs. I could have just fallen down the stairs. But you're like, eh, let her go. It's like, how did I get here? <laughs> yeah, I would just wake up and I'm like, why am I in the kitchen? Why am I on the floor? What, how long have I been sleeping? When did it become six o'clock? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how people can do Vicodin mm. and be like, yeah, let me buy that off the streets. No. Yeah. <laughs> so yourself something else. <laughs> so, so I, I have, I have, oh man, now that this yes. has been busted open, I have a variety of questions. Please. One, what, what is it specifically about Worf that speaks to you? He's very gruff mm-hmm. and serious, and I think it would be fun to talk to him because I'm annoying. Point blank. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like his good. story of, like, obviously he was taken in by Earth parents in yes. Mother Russia, and <laughs> his parents are so cute. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are. They are adorable. They're like, oh, little wharf, let me make you some borscht. <laughs> <laughs> Your hair is so long for Mother Russia. Like, oh, thank you. Thanks, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I like that he's really between like his humanity and his Klingon bloodline and yeah. Klingon society. Like I saw that two parter of his. Where basically it was all these Klingon politics. Yeah. The Romulans were involved. And also that weird thing with Lieutenant Yar's daughter Romulan. Oh, I yeah. I the, didn't get it. I was kind of a little too stupid for that. Because I'm just like, what time shenanigans is this? Because time travel. And like, is she ever going to come back? But when I saw her, I was like... <gasps> Lieutenant Yar, that's a really good haircut. Like, that was my first instinct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even try to it's understand like, the whole thing. Girl went to thing. Space Hairmasters. Yeah. She went to the spa. Good for her. <laughs> Treat yourself. Yes, Yar. You deserve it. You rock those shoulder pads, man. Oh, my God. I mean, that, that is the Romulan aesthetic with like, you know, shoulder oh. pads for days. It's great. <laughs> the padding would make a drag queen cry. <laughs> but oh, I just great. really like how Worf kind of battles with his humanity yeah. and that he holds a lot of Klingon ideals close to his heart. Mm-hmm. And if I were to be a self-insert type person, I think I would be half Klingon. Okay. As a person. Half or quarter. But I don't know. That's just... and. I love his lines. Yeah. I am not a merry man. Yeah. That's a great one. That's the exact one I was thinking of. That is probably like the most wharf line. Yeah. Or usually something having to do about honor. It's like, oh, well, this is not honorable. Or, you know, just just his barometer of what is and is not honorable at any given time. I just adore him. Yeah. And I think that if he were real, I would want to befriend him so bad. (laughs) I'm like, come hang out with me constantly. Because it's just such a weird mixture of people mm-hmm. you know i don't know i just really like him as a character yeah and like ever since i saw him i'm like that's the one love him can't get enough of him but there's not a love for Worf. there's not a lot of love out there in the fandom yeah it is interesting it, it's I, I i think what it is is it's he's not the shiniest star no and so i think because of that he kind of gets forgotten about a lot which is sad especially because and this is a great story Mike. Mm. My mother-in-law, Cindy, 
was a huge Trekkie okay. in the 80s and 90s. And she was subscribed to a lot of zines where she, there we go, full circle, yeah. where she would have to connect with the artists and other people and pay money to get a copy. And there was so limited run that there's only like 20 copies on Earth. Oh, wow. And that's just, how it, that's just how it was. Or like when you would go to a conventions, that's where you would get all your fan fiction. And that's right. where you would get all your fan art. Because that's just how it was back then. Mm-hmm. And so when I told Cindy, like, hi, Cindy, it's really good to see you. I'm really into Star Trek now. She was like, my child. And then she's <laughs> like, let me take you to my library. <gasps> and it was floor to ceiling just stacks of Star Trek fan fiction, Star Trek novels, everything. Oh my and she's goodness. like, tell me a ship. Just tell me a ship. I'm like, Data and Yar. She's like, bam, 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 grabbing all these books off the shelf. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so cool. And she's like, as uh, like as you go through the series, just keep telling me what books you want to read and I will deliver. So basically wow. I have like an underground Trek dealer and that's amazing. <laughs> that's cool. Well, and, and it's super rad that you you have this new connection huge. that you'd never had before and it's like huge and deep and special and that's that's awesome man most certainly and star trek goes very far and it's actually getting a resurgence yeah because of discovery sure but i have feelings about discovery well see you know i have not watched it oh okay well and, I have feelings. and and so so i mentioned that yeah like i had a variety of questions and i yes. guess my i you've already answered one in that like are you consuming any of the new stuff and not quite yet but i so not wanting to lose this thread yeah you said you have feelings please share (laughs) so from what i understand basically they took the star trek universe with Mm -hmm. the uh uss enterprise like the picard timeline and everything which leads into like ds9 and voyager etc etc it's all that timeline they basically like took it two steps to the right and said, but make it edgy. And now it's like really hardened and they're trying to find Spock again, I guess. And I'm like, when did Spock come back in? (laughs) He is many years dead. But then like his great, great nephew is like, no, he's alive somewhere. And I'm like, in your heart, that's going to be the end of the story. (laughs) And so basically it takes all of the things I love about Star Trek where in that universe, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry much about shelter. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about diplomacy. Yeah, and Ex- exploration. Exactly. I mean, you're really guided by the sciences and, and mm-hmm. being curious, which I love. But then it takes a step where it's like, hey, actually, the world sucks now. You have to fight for everything that you know, love, and want and mm-hmm. or need. And... um still try to chill with aliens, but the aliens all want to kill you no matter what. And I can see like where the good drama of that comes in. Sure. But it misses so much of the beauty of the Trek universe Mm -hmm. where it's like everybody can focus on their arts and their passions and they can devote themselves entirely to a larger cause because they don't have to devote themselves to many other things. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. And so with Discovery, though I have not watched it because I am not paying for it. And I refuse to pirate things because I'm a good person. Thank you. Double thank you. Yes. <laughs> See, again, there's simpatico. I mean, there, yeah. there's there's it, it. 
just in these little touches of like, oh, yeah, that's right. We're totally in lockstep philosophically on those things. No wonder we got along so well. <laughs> <laughs> and also they did like a lot of weird redesigns of yeah. aliens. Like the Klingon redesign is very weird. Their forehead ridges are not prevalent. And it's like increasingly intricate. It, it's like I, yeah. I remember like Kevin Smith was all like, wow, that that looks like it's really over designed. Yes. It's like they went to the drawing table and then they never had an eraser. Yeah. They just kept going. They're Adding like, more eh, lines, more I'll detail. Just, I'll just keep scribbling yep. and I'll just keep scribbling here, blah, blah, blah. More, more. Yeah. Also, a very weird thing that they confirmed. Mm. They confirmed that Klingons have two wieners. And I'm like, I don't want to live in this universe anymore. <laughs> That's very weird. Yeah, one is problematic enough. I mean, it's like I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a cisgendered dude, and I don't want that. <laughs> you know, it's well, like, like no, thank you. Just well, <laughs> one, one is sufficient. While I am like very anti spoilers, just because this is such a big important fandom for me. Sure, sure. Um, I do still like Google a lot of stuff and go on the Reddit because they yeah. have some very interesting stuff to think about and stuff to talk about. So when it came to like the whole double wiener Klingon thing, they were like, well, Klingons have two of everything. And I'm like, but why would they have two of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they don't have two heads. They don't have two sets of eyes. They don't have two sets of noses. Right. But they have like two livers, two hearts, stuff like that. So why? Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's one of those things to where it, it can, you, you can make whatever stuff stupid canon fit however yeah. you want it because it's all fiction i mean it's all space fiction oh exactly but still it's like why why just why, just why? and i feel like a lot of times to it's be for... edgy minute yeah. edgy <laughs> he's got two like... wangs minute because <laughs> <laughs> we're edgy we're edge track it's like so true though but it's I, like oh yeah we totally swear on the show minute 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 fuck but because I, I guess that's part of it too i guess yeah. there's like swearing and maybe oh like some God. like partial nudity or some no. shit like that none of which i need in my star trek no like when picard or Riker drop what the hell is going on i'm like whoa <laughs> whoa something really is going on yeah but if they're like throwing swear words everywhere it loses the intensity of those yep. swear words. And also, whenever in uh, The Next Generation, whenever there's like implied fornication, yeah. <laughs> it's very implied. Oh, yeah. Like it's, it's like a closing door or exactly. like a, or a fade to black. Or, exactly. Yeah. And I prefer that so much more. Whereas today, I feel like, and this is just a general media yeah. standpoint, I feel like today we need so much shock yeah. and so much edginess it's like yeah show the boobs yeah yeah, yeah. say the f word well yeah and, show the gore yeah and we we were talking very briefly about game of thrones and, yeah, and you I know can't handle that yeah and neither one of us has has uh, uh participated in it and probably for kind of similar reasons but yeah, yeah it's just like it's a, you don't need it it's a lot of blood don't like it i True to my little grandma's soul, <laughs> I cannot handle a lot of uh, gore. Yeah. Like, even watching that <laughs> that X-Men movie, not like the newest one, but the mm. one on television that I was telling you about over lunch, mm. it was the one where, like, they were traveling to the future and um, all the mutants were dying. Oh, sure. And then there was, like, a tiny little girl who also had the claws 
I don't know. Oh, uh, Logan. Yes. Were, were you watching Logan? I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. I know it, that there was X-Men things. And very there was good. the guy. But, like, they were stabbing people in the throats yeah. and, like, through no, the no, head. No, no, no. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, I can't watch this. <laughs> and I was, like, covering my eyes. And, like, yeah. even low-budget zombie movies, I can't do sometimes. Yeah. I feel like I would have been one of those women who <laughs> fainted and had to be taken out on the gurneys <laughs> during the first viewing of Creature from the Black Lagoon oh, exactly. oh! from 1956. <laughs> you know? Like, that would have been me, but yeah. today in the year of our Lord 2019, I'm like, did that zombie just bite somebody? Oh, my Atlanta. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't. And so, like, with the new track, with it being like, we're edgy, I can't yeah. handle it. I don't want to do it. I yeah. don't need the edginess. I need the wittiness. And yeah. I need <laughs> just Picard yelling at people. Absolutely. That's what I want. And Shut <laughs> up, Wesley! Yes! <laughs> oh my god. And I want like the eeriness of the Borg to be the fear in yeah. episodes. Because seeing a giant cube in space with no propulsion systems right. just rocketing at you at warp 9.3, like... Girl, that's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And also, like, with all their uh, cybernetic enhancements, like, they look gross Mm -hmm. and unnerving. Yeah. And that's the kind of unnerving that I like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, uh, you know, see also your favorite movie, Tetsuo the Iron Man and stuff (laughs) like that. A lot lot of that, a lot of that classic body horror type of thing. Also, during the Borg episode, there's a running (laughs) joke between my wife and I. Yeah. We were watching it, and there was that one scene where, uh, they're on the ship and they're looking around and they find a drawer and has mm-hmm. Picard's uniform in it. And I'm like, oh, he's naked on the Borg ship. And then it's like, that's his little feet running around. <laughs> oh, that's great. And the Borg are like, naked. just take him. Just take him. He's really weird. <laughs> he's just running around. You can't catch me. <laughs> yeah. So now it's like a running gag. Whenever somebody's barefoot, we do like the little... It's Picard. He's naked. Because <laughs> that was my very genuine reaction. Like, oh, no. <laughs> he's naked on the board ship. And I didn't That's even hilarious. think about, like, the cybernetics. Nothing. I'm like. Nothing. He slipped away. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they gave him pants when they, mild spoilers, got him all roboted up. <laughs> well, they gave him, like, a Speedo. I yeah, mean, I don't know if I can call those pants. Those are, like, some booty shorts with juicy across the ass. <laughs> he's, he's drying out for the Bork volleyball team. Or <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, that shit is tight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. That's uh <laughs> So so I I do have a variety of questions with regards Please. to your your emerging Trek fandom. So yes. you mentioned that you're so you're watching Next Generation, you're on season 5-ish. Yeah. Really early season 5. I I don't remember when Deep Space 9 started in relation to Next Generation. I want to say maybe it was like season 4 or maybe season 5 here. Yeah. But but there is a time where those series are running parallel and concurrently they, yes they don't necessarily cross over mild spoilers but yeah but are are you watching ds9 do you intend to watch it oh most certainly okay. i i fully intend to watch ds9 voyager i want to watch the original series and yeah. possibly the animated series because i heard it's laughably <laughs> bad. oh it is bonkers and it's it, it it's a treat it's and a rare treat it's because it's all on Netflix. So oh my why gosh! Not? Yeah, yeah, you got to be there for it because <laughs> yeah. it's well. And what the thing that will throw you off 
is, you know, again, that, that animated series came out, I want to say maybe ooh, 1979, 76, something like that. Um, it's all the original voices. Oh, I love that. So it's not even like sound-alikes. It is William Shatner as Captain James T. Kirk. It is Leonard Nimoy, R.I.P., oh, as, no. uh, as as Commander Spock. That's and so DeForest good. Kelly as Bones. And, and the art style makes me think of Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Absolutely. Well, same studio. It was, oh, it was it all really? it was all filmation, and uh, you know, bringing it back to Transformers for a sec, they, yes. they, there was a crossover comic uh, last year where it was Star Trek versus the Transformers. Was that a thing? In that aesthetic, was that a thing? So, so it's the animated what? Star Trek, and they basically redid the Transformers designs to match that oh that seventies aesthetic. It's it's it, it's pretty fun. That I, sounds great. I, I don't want to say it's especially good, but it's it's fun for what it is. And you really got to take it with a grain of salt. Oh God, yeah, you it was, have to. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Call the Mike Cyber Radio voicemail hotline two three one two two four Mike. And for you youngins that don't know how the letters work on a phone, that's two three one two two four six four five three. Get off my lawn. You've uh, you've got a lot of really good material in front of you. You know, I mean, based upon like you know uh, the characters that you're really into, because yes. there's uh, um, especially with regards to Mister Worf. There's there he's in DS Nine. Yeah, like, sadly, I haven't spoiled on some stuff. I know oh, about okay. Jodzia Docks and everything like oh, that. Oh, okay. I know. All right, all right. Because Jasper reblogged something on her Tumblr and didn't tag, and I was like, "Honey, I don't want spoilers." She's like, "Don't check my blog." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, I I love that. That's that's a source of contention. It's like, no, what? That's what you get for following my blog. Yes, exactly. <laughs> She's like, I'm sorry, I just reblog so many GIF sets. I can't help it. Yeah, and it's like, well, but it's spoilers from something that happened 25 years Frank. ago or 20 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> it makes me think of the time that I was reading Frankenstein by uh, Shelley. And I yeah, was, yeah, Mary and, Shelley, sure. And then um, one of my roommates at the time said something about like. Him being in the French Alps, I'm like, don't spoil it for me. <laughs> right? <laughs> and the book is so old. Yeah, it's like oh 100 years old, something Jeez like Louise. that. Oh, um, that's crazy. But I do know that DS9, I believe the timeline begins, well, no, not timeline, but mm. like that whole story begins mid-season five. That sound that sounds about right. And then when it's like DS9 to Voyager, Voyager begins, I think, at the beginning of season six or season five. I'm not quite sure. But it, it there is some overlap. There there is some overlap because yeah. like at one point, basically there there's I if I remember the broadcast schedule correctly, there was like there was always like a, a like a two year overlap where yes. it, where there was like a two year overlap between uh, next generation and Deep Space Nine. Next generation ends, Voyager begins, yeah. and then there's like a, a couple few year overlap there. And and then and then Star Trek gets thrown into TV jail for for a handful of years, and, and then that, some Edge Lord is like, "This is interesting. Let's make it really dark and scary." Yeah, no, 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 swearing. No, 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 nudity. No, 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 no. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. You. I I don't I don't need Edge Lord Trek. I'm I'm a hundred percent 
with you on that. Um, uh, but I, I, something I, I did want to ask you about, and yes. maybe maybe this would be something that uh, that uh, maybe you'd uh, uh, chat with Jasper about is um, I'm, I'm wondering if you guys would be interested in the Orville. That, that, that Seth MacFarlane show. I've had the Orville recommended to me quite a few times by mm-hmm. a coworker. Okay. And I've been meaning to watch it because I hear it's a lot a more lighthearted, funny take on the Star Trek universe. Yeah. Without being, of course, a part of the Star Trek universe. Correct. But it's like, it harkens back to that a lot. Yeah, intentionally so. To yeah. where like a lot of like the wipes and transitions and music cues. I mean, if nice. you're you're if you're like entrenched in a TNG binge if you were to watch like a episode of Orville you'd be like oh it's it's the same thing it's like this may as well have been on TV at the same time oh cool um and the the set design is like delightfully cheap perfect and it's, i love it it's great but there's uh there's um and and the I have talked about Orville quite a bit on my show, uh, pretty extensively and thoroughly spoilery. But I, for me, it was a surprise because okay. I'm I'm not a huge Seth MacFarlane fan. I uh, I don't especially like Family Guy, um, and and my fear was that it was going to be Family Guy in space, and it's yeah. just not. It it is just not. I'm so glad. Um, yeah, no, I, I think you would really dig it. But there there's one particular episode, and I'm not going to spoil it entirely, and okay. you'll probably forget about it by the time you get to it. <laughs> but but my I think my favorite episode of the Orville so far is, so they, they have comparable Trek technology. They don't have transporters. They have space shuttles, just, oh, okay. just to kind of make that distinctive yeah. there. But they do have like a holodeck-like simulator thing that they Perfect. use. Um Basically, they uh, they find a time capsule from 2015, <laughs> 2015 Earth. You know, so okay. it's like they're they're called back to Earth. It's like we we've uh, discovered this uh, this time capsule that was buried, and it has all these artifacts from 2015, and it's got <laughs> all of this stuff, including a cell phone from the person who. Uh, filled the time capsule. So there's stuff like a pack of cigarettes in there and one of the characters and, and their partner get hooked on cigarettes oh, in, no! in, in the 25th. Yeah, it's and hilarity ensues. But but basically they use um, the the uh, holodeck simulator technology to scan the phone. And because of how much stuff we have on here, you know, between like text messages, pictures, social media, whatever, yeah. they recreate this person's life as a digital sim simulation oh, wow. and her entire world and the helmsman falls in love with her <gasps> oh and, that's ooh. and it's it's that's a good plot it's great and and it's it's one of those the way i look at the orville is that it's stories that star trek the next generation never got to tell because of technology of the time like cell phones weren't a thing in no. 1987 to 1997 when tng was on the air but they they take a lot of contemporary sensibilities and and incidentally it's a very sci-fi trope kind of almost like a black mirror type thing where it's like you know your entire life can be recreated from scanning your your cellular telephone yeah, so sense. so i mean we're kind of saying something there i think um that, that kind of strikes a chord if if you look at it hard enough but but yeah, it's in in a uh, great Star Trek style. It's um it's a heart wrencher, nice. and it's like uh, I I I forget what season it is. But have you gotten to uh, the inner life 
Inner Light yet? In, no. It, it's a Picard-centric episode. Um, no, I have not. Okay, and I'm not going to spoil the plot for you Thank because, you. like, um, but it's other than it's just like bring tissues, um, and and this kind of harkens back to it. So, like, there's a there's a lot of classic Star Trek episodes that are like, you know, like capital H heartbreaking, and and, yes. and this is one of them, and I would stick it right next to it. So like when Yar died, yeah, sorry, spoilers, <laughs> but she dies like in ten episodes. In ten episodes, she goes away real quick, like That's stupid, or like that one episode where they were talking about Data's humanity. Oh I mean, yeah, that measure was of a, a man. Jerker for me, because Data is really important to me as a character mm-hmm. too. I think if I were to do like top three, it would be Worf, Q, and Data. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that you love Q. He's, oh my god, I want to cosplay as him. He's 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 I wanna, pretty great. I want to do the red gown. I want to <laughs> do the headset or headset. Yeah, the headdress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. So I gotcha. bad. Yeah. Start, oh my god. Start running around calling people Monk Capitan. <laughs> Please. Oh, the hate love between Q and Picard. Oh my gosh, is it palatable. is. It is real. Oh, it so is real. Good. Oh my gosh. They, I mean, I I could spend hours with you talking about all the stuff that uh, that you have <laughs> not know, seen Trek yet. So, so yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll, uh. we'll definitely have to reconnect at, at some point after maybe like you've seen more of it and oh, we and definitely. we yeah, so yeah, we'll 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 do that check in because there's a there um I mild spoilers, there is one Q episode of DS9. Oh, One. yeah. Jasper told me about it. He <laughs> oh, basically <man. laughs> comes on board and is like, what's up, fuckers? And yeah. then he's like, I want a woman from here. And then he tries to flirt with somebody. And then they're like, get off the ship. And yeah. he's like, you guys bullied me so much. I'm going to go talk to Picard again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The new Picard series. Right. Which I am hoping beyond hope. Is nothing more than than uh, Patrick Stewart just tending vineyards for seven episodes? Please, <laughs> because that's Please. that's all that's in that trailer. Is I he's know all, he's all like you know washing his hands and like you know tending the vines and hanging out with grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging out with grapes. Title of my autobiography. <laughs> Hanging out with grapes. Oh, the Captain Picard story. Hanging out with grapes. No, but they're probably going to be like Picard. Or he's like, I'm never going to leave Starfleet. Cut to Picard leaving Starfleet and him being like, well, that was a lie. <laughs> and then the Picard series, yeah. he's like hanging out with grapes, yep. tending to vines, being like, hmm, this will make a good Merlot. Yeah. And then uh, somebody beams down. They're like, Picard, we need you. You're the only one that can do this. And he's like, ah, shucks. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward to him putting on that outfit that he left on the Borg ship and just... He's like a little tighter than I remember. Yeah, exactly. You know, do, doing <laughs> like, yeah, maneuver. exactly. Doing the Picard maneuver. Doing, oh doing God. that, doing that, uh, that shirt pull, uh, thing. <laughs> or doing like the Riker thing and like swinging your entire leg over a chair. That's and that good. is something That's I cool. never noticed until you know YouTube compilations were a thing that were invented. It's like you know, epic sitting with Commander epic Riker, sitting. and all it is is he's just. I mean, can't he just sit in a chair like a normal human being? I mean, do he's you like, know why he does that? No. So has he got two wangs like a like a Klingon? Edge track. Actually, the actor for Riker 
between seasons one and two, he hurt his back while moving house. So he has like a really bad back injury for the rest of the series, which makes oh him my God. not being able to bend over very well. So instead of like going in front of the chair and then bending his back to sit down, he just swings his leg over and is like, I'm in a chair now. I'm sitting. Yeah. I wonder if uh, what kind of behind the scenes material there is is like I, I wonder how much like the prop department and the set department's like oh we gotta make these chairs with low back so uh, Jonathan can swing his leg over it yeah. or something and that's also why he kind of like stands a little weird that's also why he puts on a couple of pounds like he's got a bad back injury moving house because of all that sweet sweet Trek money interesting yeah I yeah. I had no idea of any of that Ayo. well and it's kind of funny because like in, in, in a weird way it's it's on model for him. It's, oh, totally. it's within character because Will Riker is that that to stiff. do the Riker maneuver. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and is just you know very stiff and and but also cool. That's some Indiana yeah. Jones yeah stuff. Well, That's and like the hat thing, but it's Riker's leg and a stool. <laughs> exactly, and <laughs> and you know it's it's kind of funny because I mean this is probably more recent. Um, you know, for you having having done some binging and stuff, yeah. but there's like there's like a night and day different between season one and two, Riker, and oh se- I mean, like, pre beard yes. and post beard. It's just like I mean, I mean, homeboy got some swagger in the off season for yes, sure. Yes, he did. Um, yeah, it's really good, and also Worf's hair growing. Yeah, as it goes on, he just gets more and more beautiful. Yeah. Also, like it's majestic. I don't like. I know I'm gay, but like I would date Worf if I'm gonna be sure. for real. Because like I think throughout my entire life, I've always been into aliens. Okay. Which is like oh I, man, <laughs> and this is a very deep thing to open up. Like, <laughs> like I opened up the cellar and like some flies came out or moths came out. Moth and, yeah. <laughs> But when I was a really little girl, my first ever crush was Piccolo from DBZ. Okay. And like little tiny Mickey. I'm talking like seven years old. Aww. I was drawing pictures of like me and Piccolo getting married with crayons. And I'm like, Piccolo is my husband. And everyone's like, that's cute. Okay. Why is he green? I'm like, that's just how he is. <laughs> I don't need your judgment, no. Becky. <laughs> And like it's just weird. Yeah. Like I've always really been attracted to like male alien characters. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's, that's very weird. cool. Maybe it's very telling of something. I don't know. So is that it so so were you you were making your own ship art back back As, in the is, yeah, is that what that is? Insert ship art. <laughs> Tiny baby Mickey and Piccolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, that's a that's Circa a lot. Like 2005. <laughs> so cute. That's that's hilarious. <laughs> oh man! So um, so so what what else have you been consuming recently? Uh, uh pop culture wise or um, otherwise? It's like, well, yeah, that that delicious uh, yellow curry, but <laughs> consuming yeah. and that that pad thai I had that was so that was really good. good pad thai by the yes, way. Yes, thank you, Maple Valley Thai restaurant yeah shout not out. sponsored but we ate there and yeah. we paid money and it was good mm-hmm. <laughs> it did crack me up though that like there's um so we were we were just chit-chatting catching up yeah. shooting the breeze you know again haven't seen each other for two years and dude comes over it's like i could see him from the other side from his podium like looking at me like kind of waiting for his mood uh yeah. you know he's just like Am I going to make my movie? He's like, what can I get you guys? It's like, dude, I haven't even cracked open a movie. Yeah, we're just chilling. Yeah. And then eventually he came back later and we figured it out. But still, <laughs> but still, it was it was kind of funny because like we um we weren't what I would consider to be quiet, right? 
Oh no! <laughs> I was flinging my head back in laughter. Like, yeah, it was every three good. seconds. Um, okay, other stuff I've been into. Yeah. Speaking of giant robots, Neon Genesis Evangelion just dropped on Netflix, oh. which is an anime from the nineties. Mm-hmm. I believe ninety five or ninety six. And it's basically about a young boy named Shinji Ikari having to pilot a, um, like, biomech. Yeah. And it's really intense. And I'm, like, four episodes in, and it's already made me cry because it's really intense and good. Mm -hmm. And I super recommend it. And, like, it's really cool because there was no other way to stream Neon Genesis Evangelion before it dropped, like, yesterday. Yeah, it was like a big deal like when they when Super they announced huge. it. Cuz I would say it's one of the best animes of all time. It it's on par with Akira, you know? Yeah. And so um it's just really cool that it dropped cuz before you would either have to buy the box set, which mm-hmm. is I think $200. It's not cheap. Or you would need to pirate it and have to watch all these like anime ladies and their boobs in the ads and that's not great. Uh, <laughs> but now it's finally on Netflix, and it's really amazing, and it's an HD quality, which is insanely beautiful, and I super recommend that. So I'm not really into the fandom yet, but I'm very much in, uh, like into the series now. Oh, okay. Another thing I've been watching cool. is She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. Yeah. On Netflix. Very, very good. So they kind of like did a reboot. Yeah. Um, where they kind of changed the entire story to like She-Ra which is a girl named Adora mm-hmm. who was from the Fright Zone and then she found the sword She-Ra and found her like big quest and learned about all the She-Ra's of the past and how the She-Ra before her was like engulfed in power and destroyed the world. Whoa. Yeah. Craziness. And um, like destroyed all the relics of the old world and the first ones, uh, which is like the first society there, which were very technologically advanced. Okay. And then in the Fright Zone, there's this dude named Hordak who's a hoe, and he's like trying to open up all these gates to other universes, uh, and basically just trying to be like, hey, this world is just my battery for getting me to other places. Oh, okay. And I... I hate princesses, and I hate that they're using my power out of my gemstones, and I hate them. So I want them to be mine now, and I want to go to another planet. And everyone's just chill with that, I guess. Oh. And then it's all the princesses uh, coming together and fighting against the Fright Zone. And there's, like, this huge tension between Adora, who left the Fright Zone and became She-Ra, and Katra, who was her best friend in the Fright Zone. And it's just a really great series. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of plot, I'm guessing. It's heavily implied that there's an end game of Katra and Adora being girlfriends. Whoa. I know. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think so. There's too much bad blood between them. And there's also canonical uh, lesbian ships, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love the uh, diversity of that. Yeah. So so a couple quick questions yeah, on ahead. that. So Okay. So are you familiar at all with... with previous iteration of of she-ra no not very much i saw some old clips and i'm like why is katra talking like that Ah!" well because okay so so she-ra was originally spun out of he-man yes from the 80s but he-man's not in this one but people are thinking he's gonna come in at some point that would be dope yeah like maybe the first ones are aliens yeah he-man's on the alien planet he's like oh she-ra's awakened i gotta go to earth 
Interesting. And I don't know enough about the lore to really, you know, comment one way or the other. But the thing that I've heard more than anything is that, yeah, much of what you've said, it's like, you know, it's really a, you know, celebration of diversity and inclusion and 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 is, you know, really uh, uh, applauded for being so progressive. Yes. However. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) let me me find some tea. Well, okay, so um, I. Uh, man babies my age are mad about it oh man like super mad in a way that now i can get really salty about a lot of things like for example those uh other live action transformer movies that aren't bumblebee i got no love in my heart for them i i like that first one i like that first one okay but steep cliff after that Keep that shit right in its ear. <laughs> Get it the fuck away from me. Um, I, I feel that passionately and strongly, almost to the point where, again, like what you would associate with, you know, kind of like man baby type uh, behavior, where it's just like, oh, you wrecked my childhood. It's just yeah. like, no, you're 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 doing my uh, fan favorite characters an incredible disservice, and I'm not here for it. So it's you know that that's that's kind of like the more um, subdued. Um, yes. uh, a version of that feeling, but but there are folks of that fandom, a lot of people that look like me, that are like, oh, so pissed off about the Shira because you know what? She wears shorts. Yeah, she does. Fucking shorts, man. Yes. Was the cycle shorts? Uh, no boobs wearing motherfucking Shira, man. Maga. <laughs> no, really, it's like no that that's that's like an actual thing because well, like, like a lot. supposed to fight in a skirt. Yeah, but that's the chub rub though. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sorry. That's just I, your I, thighs would rub together and be raw, and then you'd be like, "Oh, I can't fight. I need some, uh, some, <laughs> like some back balm or something." Yeah, yeah, yeah. My no, thighs hurt. There's, there's a practicality to it, and yes. I, I love it. I and I, I, I appreciate. Um, I'm just saying. Well, no, and, and that's. <laughs> I I don't know much about the creators of the new Shira show, but um, oh, they're really cool. So I mean, so I I would imagine predominantly female, right? Yes. So it would take somebody that has probably suffered a chub rub from time to time to say, like, you know what? We, I love hearing you say it. it's so funny. <laughs> but but I mean, but but seriously, to to be like, yeah, this this is more practical than like, I mean, again, you look at the the aesthetic of the eighty Shira, and she's, I mean, let's call her what she is. She's she's a fucking Barbie doll in in He Man. All world. of them are because because that's that's what. I mean, it was the 80s. That's what it That's was. That's how it was. And, That's fine. But a lot of people are like, um, no, I'm sorry, not a lot of people. Those people. Yes. Let, let me use my pejorative correctly. Uh, those people are upset about it because it's like, oh, it's fucking libtard SJW uh, 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 She-Ra, man. Whoa. Because, like, you know, she's not like, you know, super tall, long legs, huge tits, all, you know, just like... People are legitimately upset about Which that. Which I think is kind of silly, especially because well, it's, it's touched on in the new She-Ra Princesses of Power series that they're oh. like 17 or 18. Like, yeah. Like they're kids. Okay. And like Frosta, for example, is literally 10. Like she's a child. Okay. And I mean like Glimmer, she's a plus size woman. Mm-hmm. She's obviously heavy set. Bo is... I mean, he has two gay dads, and okay. he gives off a lot of gay vibes, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's a very different take on everything, but I think it's a lot more realistic yeah. in like what they're doing because not everybody is Barbie shaped. 
Right. I don't think somebody who's Barbie shaped can carry around an eight foot long sword and swing it and attack people. Right. And they actually take that into consideration where like when she's a Dora, she's shorter, still strong, obviously. Right. Um, but when she transforms into She-Ra, there's like a whole almost like Sailor Moon transformation sequence. <laughs> Fantastic. That's cool. And she grows taller. Okay, it. sure. And it shows her getting a bit more muscular. And okay. like that's her turning into She-Ra because her body changes. Yeah. But like you don't need big boobs to fight. Honestly, I would say boobs get in the way of fighting. Right. Right. I'm just saying, why do people wear sports bras? Exactly. And and the, and again, there there's a practicality to it that, yeah. you know, even like a, as a sane person, I I can <laughs> I can understand and respect. You know, it's like I mean, like there there was a time in the comics, uh, this had to have been over 5 years ago, but like they did a radical redesign of the Wonder Woman costume that yes. included pants. Yes. And I was there for it cuz it was a cool look. Because it still had like the 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 bustier and the and mm. the and the gold trim and all that other stuff. The only thing that was different was in instead of you know uh, bikini shorts, it was pants. And, and that's great. I, and I'm just like, and I got no problem with it. And they Very and, and, and they went away from it almost immediately. Ugh. Now, I mean, at least I mean I. I don't know. I, I I don't know if this is cracking open a a larger uh uh it box is. of whatever, but but at least like I I felt like um depictions of uh, uh, contemporary predictions of uh Wonder Woman having like like the pleated I mean the armored skirt yeah. is kind of okay. I think I kind of prefer that to just like um swimsuit bottoms. Yeah, because then it at least. It, it has some use. Yeah. You know, and I think that really goes into, like, the much deeper, longer, more... Uh, it's just, like, it's been spoken about so much. Like, the whole thing of, in video games, for example, men get full armor, women get nipple armor and some bikini bottoms. Right, right. Yeah. And that's it. And You gotta protect that stuff, though. I'm just saying. You, well, you gotta protect <laughs> your whole bod. Just, You're I, so squishy on the inside, and you have so much yeah. blood that can come out yeah. of you. And if you're stabbed even once, you're done for. Right. right. But those guys in their uh, their big armor, they're yeah. fine. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> making dumb jokes. Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just. But I think it just goes deeper into that of like that's always going to be something that's a problem. Okay. I, I think it's because people are not confident enough in their story. To not go for the easy, low-hanging fruit mm. of making a woman very sexy. So, like, in video games like that, you would choose a female character because she's hot, not because yes. she has an interesting backstory. So they just don't want to put in the work for that interesting backstory. Mm -hmm. They don't want to develop the plot of the story to include her. They just want to make her a very appealing piece of eye candy. Sure. And I think that just kind of goes back to like the creator maybe being tired not wanting to put in the effort not mm -hmm. wanting to put in the work and so i think when it comes to people kind of being nostalgic and saying yes wonder woman always had that skirt well let's make it actually practical yeah so it's kind of putting those two things together making both parties happier yeah you know see and and being that kind of fan, I can get down on that because it's like, you know, it's like we're not completely forsaking a classic look, but we're also kind of trying to modernize and contemporary 
can yeah. temporalize things. I don't think that's a verb. Make it contemporary. Exactly. There yeah. Yeah. Th- there, I don't think there's a verb form of that. But uh, there could be. But but Contact yeah. Webster's. But I guess I mean just to to kind of lean into provocative material a little bit. Yeah. What would you say then of material that's made for? a certain audience and and I'll, I I don't mean to be vague but like I guess what what I'm what I'm specifically referring to is in the most recent Mortal Kombat game there was uh there was a thing where like uh characters were notoriously scantily clad and was it all characters or just female characters Ooh, that's an excellent question. I wish I had my buddy Killing Spree here to because I I've heard him be very critical of kind of like the direction that they they've kind of taken it. It's like so the dudes that that predominantly run ar- run around like shirtless continue to be shirtless, whereas the the scantily clad female characters are now in full armor. Hmm. Um and. And I meant to make this vague, but since I made the reference, I guess I'll, I guess I'll have to uh, I'll have to invoke my uh, my friend Killing Spree is like it 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 feels uh, forced, and that basically the uh, game developers caved to. Um, I don't want to throw air quotes because I don't know what I was going to say libtard SJWs yeah. or whatever, but but to where like you know there was an outcry of hey wait a minute these women need to we need to have some damn clothes on yeah. Meanwhile the dudes are you know still running around as equally scantily clad or yeah. shirtless or whatever. Yeah, I think that's that's a problem too. I don't think that's great. I mean, it should be equality across the board. If everybody's mm-hmm. scantily clad, make it that kind of game. If mm-hmm. everyone's in armor, make it that kind of game. Kind of like in Dark Souls. Yeah. If you're a chick or a dude and you put on armor, the armor looks the exact same. Yeah. And a lot okay. of the times you gotcha. can't even tell what gender your character is until you take the armor off. Ah. That's fantastic. Or like in, say, I'm I'm not super well versed in Mortal Kombat. I don't yeah, know any okay. characters. But if everybody's scantily clad, go for it. It's that type of fighting right. game. Exactly. And and the the argument that I had heard is like, well, this this is specifically for this audience, you know, the audience that wants to have, you know, the the scantily clad people. Yeah. And, you know, if you squint harder, it's like it's the folks that want to have the scantily clad ladies. I mean, but but there's still, you know, the representation of, well, Johnny Cage never wears a shirt, you know, and always runs around in shorts and stuff. So it's like eh, that that's fine, too. But no, I just I just wanted to get your take on that a little bit since since we were since we were kind of here and kind of flirting with that topic. I guess I'm learning that in um in my old age and <laughs> and maturation in in uh, uh, doing these uh, these dumb podcast shows, is that yeah I I I've spent a lot of time steering away from provocative topics. It's like oh this is getting a little too hot, so I'm just going to pivot to something else. Oh I feel it. But, you don't want to be too polarizing for your audience or for your guest. Right. Exactly. So I I I think I'm what I'm trying to find now, since I kind of talked about comics gate and some other, some other stuff that's going on in, in fandoms, it's like, no, let me stay there a little bit. Let me, let me see if we can unpack just a, just a little bit without, uh, with, uh, without getting into making things too, uh, too gloomy (laughs) per se. No mail today. Nobody likes you. Let's show Mike some love right into the mailbag at mikecyberradio at gmail.com. And, of course, the spelling on that is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. You've got mail. Everybody loves you. 
Um, let's see. So you had uh, so when we were um, when we were before we started recording, we kind of took like a, a tour of the yes. uh, of the KGRG studios, which you hadn't been up here. I haven't in, been up here in two years. Yeah, where, whereas I was I was here last week, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, but. Without retreading material, we we kind of we kind of went through like some of the cabinets, and we you being Snoopy, we we were looking yeah. for actually. Let's go even no shame. Fr- yeah, let, let's go even further back. We were kind of like walking around through the whole building, right? We, yeah, uh, you were giving me a real rundown. <laughs> it was good, and then we kind of crashed some people setting up for a wedding downstairs or something. Yeah, those tables were very fancy with yeah. all the bows and yeah, and like. I think it's a wedding or it happened, or a reception like of some yeah, kind. Yeah, something like that. So we kind of crashed that and people looked at us and I'm like, back to the station. <laughs> Those darn radio kids. Skedaddle, you radio people. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in front of your monitors and microphones. Like <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we saw like some spooky, scary props in the... In the... Oh, well, the first thing we checked out was the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough. I forgot but, about this. But there's a story to that. So in the women's room, it's it's a pretty decent college bathroom, but there is very much a haunted chair there. And it's been there ever since I've been here. And I started coming to KGRG when I was like 17. Right. And that chair has been in that bathroom for so long. And it's not like a plastic chair. It's cloth and wood. And that makes me nervous. It's because it's a bathroom. That's weird. But, like, it's super haunted. <laughs> I think I said to you, you could cook a potato with all this ghost energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then I'm like, oh, well, what if what, what if the door in the men's bathroom, the one stall without a door, what if that's still happening? And we walked in, still no stall door. <laughs> Thanks, Green River. Yeah. At least they fixed the light because, I don't know, one time... I was trying to go use the restroom, oh. and the women's room was taken up by the KGRG girls peeing, doing their makeup, doing their hair, taking selfies. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to go to the men's room. Yep. And the light was flickering, and there was no <laughs> stalled door. And like, I know I'm not tall enough, but I felt like my knees were sticking out like <laughs> so that people could see it when they walked in. And I'm like, this is a damned and haunted place. And I was too scared to pee. And I feel like yeah. when you're really scared, you should just let go. But I couldn't. I'm like, some monster's going to come up out of the toilet. This is some Silent Hill stuff. <laughs> this is spooky. So at least they fixed the lights. Yeah. That's good enough. Yeah. Um, then we came into the station. We saw uh, little, oh, uh, Batman. Oh, uh, uh, Hitchbat. Hitchbat, that's what it is. And he's now a game monger. (laughs) Good for him. And then I'm like, wow, nothing changed. And Mike said, yep. And then we hung out in the death mosh pit for a sec. (laughs) And then we were like, let's start snooping. Let's look for clues. And we looked around and we found a lot of paper. And also a lot more graffiti than I remember. So yeah. that's cool. Good. No graffiti rule, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, shout shout out to that. <laughs> the The reason why I bring that up is because like you uh you found some old show materials yes. from like you know some like old uh, uh psychedelic shows and like some old hip hop shows and yeah. and like you know Dead Air had some Dead old Air, show shoots R.I.P. and. Yeah, uh, but one one of the things that I, I even more specifically wanted to bring up is you you found I think like an old interview uh, sheet somewhere. Yeah, 
Um, it was it was pretty standard interview questions yeah. like what made you want to do this? What's like? And it was obviously for a musician. Like who yeah, do yeah. you like to collaborate with? What was it like working with these two very famous people on this yeah. one song? Stuff like that. Well, and and let me stop you there. I don't I don't yeah. want to interrupt you, but what I thought we could do for funsies oh, is you want uh, to yeah. Why, why don't you see if you can uh, find that? And let's let's maybe take a take a crack at some of those interview questions because they're they're uh yeah as you said some of them are pretty softball. Got it. <laughs> I have a sheet of paper. I have a sheet of paper. <laughs> Damn, that is some crisp paper though. Yeah, that's... for being how old this is, this is great. Yeah, that's probably what makes it so uh, so crisp. But yeah, so I... there's 14 questions. Oh, buddy, I don't so know. I we're... think we should skip a couple. Okay. I... By your discretion, just uh, yeah, because you have okay. the list and I don't. But but there's there's I think like one or two that I think would be would be kind of fun. You want me to interview you? Sure. So Mike, what separates you from other artists? Nothing. No, cool. actually, no. What what I I would say separates <laughs> me from uh, I mean I guess specifically other podcasters is that I'm the only me, right? Meaning like you know I do I do a lot of material that a lot of other podcasters do. So it's like, I'm, I'm certainly not the only person that talks to independent musicians or that talks about transformers or that, that reconnects with an old friend from, uh, from college radio days. But I'm probably the only person out there that combines all of it into one, uh, a goulash of Mike <laughs> Seibert radio. I'm the only person with my voice and perspective. So I'm sure there's there's um, I mean, there's a million different better podcasts, a lot of which that I listen to. Like there are movie podcasts that do analysis more effectively than I do or or edited more tightly. Um, there There's a uh, there's a million uh, different excellent Transformers podcasts that I am a huge fan of. Um, but my perspective is my own so that so that's that's what that's what's i'm the only me that's a great way to look at it um okay what was your favorite album growing up Ooh, that is a good question i see yeah. i didn't read those closely enough but uh yeah, i skimmed um, them to you yeah um acdc back in black Oh, it, it's, hell yeah. It, it's the album that I come back to time and again. That's so so I'll give you that's the easy one, but I thinking about it even deeper, I'll go back to an album that keeps coming back uh time and again because I uh so so is lucky it Backstreet Boys? No. Backstreet's back. All right. <laughs> Thank you. But um so <laughs> I'll be here all week. I hope not, because I'm going to leave at some point. I want to go home. I mean, you're back here with the ghosts of KGRG pasts and yeah, we'll keep me company. with uh, with uh, the couch and the blanket and the. Uh, I mean, at least they took the the couch out of the back room. Oh, the love seat Ew. in the prod room, Ew. disgusting. <laughs> that entire sentence is disgusting. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, so so my wife drives a Jeep Wrangler, and when the weather is nice, we take the tops off. And and just drive around being like, woo, Jeep people, it's it, it's great. <laughs> yeah. But we uh we were uh flipping through. I I don't remember if it was her CDs or media or wherever we came across it, but we came across some vintage Bon Jovi. 
Nice. And it was like, I don't remember if it was You Give Love a Bad Name or Living on a Prayer. It doesn't really matter because it's all um, uh, Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet album is like an all-time classic for both of us. It's like, you know, whenever whenever Lucky and I are road tripping and driving, that is like our constant companion. We unironically love that album. And it is glossy 80s garbage. Nice. But it's, it, is, it is just magnificent. That's great. And it's interesting. So, Mickey, you know, you... Yeah. You've known me and some of my music tastes and stuff. You and I was thinking about, I was actually thinking about you the other day when we when we were playing this because like one of the staples of Bon Jovi is there are a lot of woes and a lot of haze. It's a lot of like whoa. Yeah. Oh, and and that's stuff that I like in my alternative rock. It is. You know, I listen to like a lot of like, you know, uh uh third wave ska and like, you know, a lot of California punk and, you know, uh and and a lot of that stuff and a lot of that I could probably almost trace back to uh to that. It was it was really crazy. I think you would base how successful a punk song was by how many woes and yes there were. Yes. <laughs> like like there was a Yelp review website, but it was just you talking about woes and yes. Yeah. I could like use stats. a couple more haze. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Three stars, not enough haze. Uh, if, I, if I think uh mm, favorite album growing up for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Probably Hail to the Thief by Radiohead. Ooh, I listened yeah. to that one a lot. And I actually found my old iPod from when I was in junior high. Yeah. And I would pirate full albums as like one mp3 oh buddy yeah so i just like listen to full albums at a time Mm -hmm. and that one had like over a hundred listens i listened to it all the time that's definitely one of my favorites that's awesome so 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 side question um with contemporary music now do you feel that that full albums are still a thing that's a thing no Really? So yeah, it's it's all about like singles or whatever. Oh, definitely. Or... I think that. Um, well, for example, I'm also really into Pink Floyd. Sure. The yeah. Wall is one of my favorite albums of all time. Right. Most certainly. Mm-hmm. Also, looking at like, um, yeah, I'm blanking. There we go. Cool. So no, anyway, fine. Uh, when it comes to like albums and stuff, a lot of them would tell a story. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking Tommy by the Who. That oh, sure. A story. Oh, yeah, yeah. A concept for album sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So those albums, they're meant to tell a story. They're meant to be listened to in one sitting. Mm-hmm. That's how it was meant to be listened to. Well, nowadays, it's a very quick, fast, always moving from one artist to another, one song to another, that I feel like artists are almost pressured into having standalone songs and it would almost be like a reaction of oh my god you're such a visionary if somebody made an album that told a story mm-hmm. and that the songs could be standalone songs like you could listen to comfortably numb by pink floyd and still enjoy it yes but within the context of the entire album the wall it is freaking amazing yeah it it is a it is a wholly different experience listening to like like comfortably numb or even um another brick in the wall uh part two most certainly i mean you hear it on the radio all the damn time but in context listening to into it as part of the album especially when it kind of sneaks up on you it's like oh that's right that's this song that i hear all the time on the radio but but hearing it as a uh portion of the story in context of the wall, yeah, it's it, it, it's a different experience. Yeah, definitely. And so I feel like now, or back then, 
a lot of the time songs were made to be enjoyed standalone yes yeah. but in within the greater cusp of the album like it made more sense it had more context to it it yeah it told a story if it wasn't like a fictional story like with a beginning middle end hero villain blah 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 yeah it was a musical story of like maybe this stringed instrument came in in the first song and then like re-came out in the middle of the album and then ended the album something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I think it would be really cool if more artists did it, but I don't see that happening because everybody's looking for that number one hit. Yeah. You know, everybody's chasing that. Yeah. I mean, it's like one one of the things I, 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 I don't watch the show. I kind of kind of thumb my nose at it. But there there's a there's a show called Songland, I think. And basically what it is, is it's it's a kind of an American Idol style show. But instead of looking for singers they're looking for songwriters that's an interesting concept i don't know if it's a good television show <laughs> exactly it, it it's a great concept but it's like it it really it's i look at it with a cynical eye and that like well that's really how pop music is really manufactured and it's manufactured so, is like the key term so that, that and ugh, it, it just it gives I mean, me gb heebies and if you look at like elton john's work Queen's work. Sure. Heart's work. All of that. I would say that those songs were written, not manufactured. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to pop music, you use the word manufactured, and that fits perfectly well, yeah. sadly. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, just just a weird tangent, but just uh, I, I know we, we occasionally uh, chat music, so I thought it would be uh, kind of fun. Um, next question. What you got? Well, here's question number eight, which kind of oh, goes into it. What's your thought process going into writing a song? And so we could continue what we have been have been going through, yeah. like talking about music, or we could talk about your podcast routine prior to sitting down before the mic. Oh, oh, so so you want some like well, in, insider? Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, some inside baseball would be sure, cool. sure. I'm sure, uh, your listeners would be pretty interested in that too. Well, and it's, it's interesting. Cool, you know, and, and it's kind of funny because like I, uh, I. I tweeted this out not so long ago uh so it's not my quote but i think it's a uh, uh, uh mike gillis who hosts uh, co-hosts uh, radio versus the martians um a really fun podcast that that i listened to and he he tweeted just a random musing of like i i i worry sometimes that the audience for podcast is nothing more than just other podcasters Oh yeah, and and I think there is a lot of that. I think um, with podcasting, there is a lot of performing for each other. Like I I know I do that with uh, with my folks. You know, for you know, like uh, again, my my buddies in Autopod Decepticast, or even uh, you know uh, uh, Anthony from uh, TFU uh, Transformers University, or even the Transmissions guys, or something. You know, where like almost. Um, Kind of, sort of, what Mickey, what you and I used to do when we were on KGRG, where we would like make all of these in references to other shows, where it'd be like, "Oh, oh yeah. shout out to the guys on the Buzz," or like, "Oh, the the sad indie kids on the Post," or you know, <laughs> just uh, you know, just just that kind of weird, like weirdly inside type of thing. But the person that it's intended for is like, they said my name on the radio. That's awesome. Yeah, I I hear that. So, yeah. So I I do wonder sometimes about the um, art of doing podcasts. Like, who is it for? Who is it 
who consumes it, things like that. None of which is answering your question, but it was, <laughs> but it was just kind of like an existential thing that that just kind of popped into my head on this stream of uh, questioning. So, so like for example, my my prep is um, extensive to the point that the the topic warrants it. So, like for example, with um, what we were going to do here, I was kind of doing anti-prep and like, I wanted to make it a point to not prep for anything so that we could just, uh, that we could just, uh, you know, freewheel and be flexible and go with the flow and have fun. That's a lot of how I approach some of my interviews. Interesting. It's like, I, I will do, I will do, um, enough preparation and research so that, I have a rudimentary understanding of that person or their thing so that like I'm not so ignorant as to offend either the, either my guest or fans of my guest. Yes. But I want to come at it from like a certain point of newness so that as I am sharing with my listeners, I am learning along with them. Tell me about your thing. Oh, well, you know, I, you know, it's this thing. Okay, well, that, that sounds rad. That's the surface stuff. But, but like, uh, you know, like, let's say if you're an artist or podcaster or musician or whatever, it'd be like, well, you know, tell me how you got into said thing or, you know, tell me a story about a thing. Um, like I had a, uh, and this is an, uh, another tangent. I, um, um, some folks I was collaborating with, uh, we we kind of sort of um, were going to do a joint interview with uh, with somebody that was kind of like a celebrity uh, from a certain angle um, in a fandom. And we ended up having slightly different ideas on how to execute it. On one hand, I was doing kind of like my anti prep and uh, my my buddy that I was collaborating with had pages interesting more more material than he could ever hope to get through in the time that we had exhaustively researched and and sure enough he starts churning through the material and we ran out of time and i told him later i was like all i wanted was for us to ask it sorry i what what i told him was all i wanted more than anything was hey Tell me a story about this thing you did and we didn't get there. And I was I was kind of upset about it at, at, at the time. Um, but that that's you know, that that's just philosophical differences. I'm not saying I'm right. He's wrong um, because it, it's all just in how we do our art. But I I delight in getting to know my guest along with um, uh, along with the audience. Um, likewise, when I, when I'm doing, um, uh, like say like a, a movie deep dive, like, you know, I'll, 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 I'll kind of research like some of the points that I want to bring up. Like I specifically want to bring this up or like, here's the cast list. So I don't forget, or I'll make myself notes like, uh, don't forget to talk about the Thanos copter or, so, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, just to make sure that I hit on things. But a lot of it is still just kind of like organic discussion. Whereas on the other hand, when I do these solo shows, they're exhaustively researched and I do a lot of scripting. 
I, I write a lot of my own solo material. So a lot of me doing a, um, uh, solo podcast, which I do, you know, I, I'd say like, you know, maybe every third or every other one, or depending upon how the average is, um, it's, it's it's a lot of me uh uh reading extemporaneously like it's like i'll have notes and then i'll i'll riff and kind of you know remember stuff and i'll say things out of out of sequence or things like that but it is it is most exhaustively prepped and it and it does take me longer um so i actually prefer working with uh guests like for example this was super easy with you because like you know we were talking to uh, at lunch, kind of like some broad strokes of some stuff we wanted to touch on. We also talk uh, talked about specifically what we didn't want to talk about. It's like, oh, we don't want to make this a clip show, you know, tumbling down memory lane. I mean, obviously, we touched on some of that organically, but it wasn't like hey mickey remember that time yeah man that was awesome but do you remember that time we did that dude that Cue was dope yeah, exactly yeah and yeah. it just i mean and and that that would just be a waste of this precious time that you and i have now because this is probably the last time i'm gonna see you for for quite some time yeah so i i kind of wanted to be as as clean as possible to just come in and just let these conversations blossom and and be what it's going to be organically without having to worry about you know playing playing fucking music or you know having having to be done by a certain time because somebody's doing a show after us you know that that's 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 one of the things that i love and simultaneously hate about podcasting because you know we're it, it it's the material that's gu guiding the conversation not necessarily the hands on the clock um I think some of that might might have answered your question because it was like kind kind, kind of what did. what your process is, right? Yeah, like what's your thought process going into a podcast? I think you explained that very very well. Yeah, I you know, and I just start with topic. You know, it's yeah. like it's like I need a show. What do I want to talk about? And a lot of it is like the tail wagging the dog. It's like I have an interview booked with this guy at this time. That's that week's episode, or like there's a show coming up that I want to promote, I should talk to this person and I should schedule it for this time so that the podcast launches. So, so there's a lot of that stuff too. Um, but yeah. All right. <laughs> no, that was really good, man. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I could ask you some very specific artist questions. Well, yeah, I, I'd like you to ask that one because I, I, I happen to know that, Do that you know this song. That they're no, talking about? no, no, God, no. But I know that, uh, that my good friend Aaron from Autopod Decepticast is a hip hop guy. Oh, so okay. I think these, so this might be a shout out. So, th him, so then. this, so this is a list of interviews from an old KGRG hip hop show, right? Yes. I would assume so. Cause corrupt and redman in the song caviar gold sounds a little hip-hop to me yeah a little bit just so, a wee bit so and and what was the question what How? was it like to work with legends like corrupt and redman in the song caviar gold maybe it's red man or redman red, red man i think red man is a thing that's a thing okay red man but i don't know if that's the same person hey aaron from <laughs> autopod decepticast the decepticast <laughs> <laughs> do you know those people yeah also i don't know you but hello i'm mickey great great to talk to you <laughs> the song caviar gold really good huh haven't googled it yet but we'll yep. see 
Hey, Mike, what's your favorite performance story? <laughs> oh, man. I see. I like that. That was a good story. I like that. Otherwise, I would have dwelled. Um, so so I guess my, my uh, oh, gosh, I don't, I don't really know because. Got any Kirby Crackle stories? Um, I do, actually. Are those some of your favorites? Well, I, so I've only actually kind of like performed, I guess you would call it with Kirby Crackle once. This is a brand new story for you. Oh, exciting. So at, uh, at, uh, this year's Crackle Fest earlier this year, at, um, around the time of Emerald City Comic Con, the, the Friday of at the Hard Rock Cafe for the last nine years, uh, Kirby Crackle has had like their big show that there, there was, uh, there was one time that, that our show and our station kind of got behind it. I had a table there. We gave away stickers, all that, all that, all that that other stuff but anyway um this year i had the opportunity to host and be the mc so i was the guy that was like oh yeah keep it going for mega thruster and coming up next is the word burglar words are gonna get burgled <laughs> and then uh and then coming up next is kirby crackle give it up for your headliner Woo! Yeah. and that was a lot of fun that that, that was a blast but uh one thing that i don't think i told the story at the time um during the first intro, because I looked at, there was like ten minutes before the uh, uh, before the first performer was starting. So I I kind of got into a very similar to what I'm doing now, just kind of just freely riffing. It's like I knew kind of what material I had, but then I burned through all of it. <laughs> so then I'm just talking about like times that I had folks on the podcast and how far back I go with folks, and then suddenly the mic gets turned off. And I look at look at the time, and sure enough, so the engineer was keeping time better than I was, and I'm just like, and 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 I hear it, uh, hear the microphone turn back on, but he was just getting my attention. And I'm like, all right, well that is my time for now. Uh, coming up next is a acoustic nerd rock super duo from Portland. Please give it up for Mega Thruster. And then I left, and they woo hoo and all. yeah, but yeah, it was it was That's just a cool story. It, it was a lot of fun. I I'd, uh, I would definitely be excited to do it again. And I have found that over like the last couple years i've been finding myself doing more and more of that there was a there was a time uh last year last october um where <laughs> this is this is kind of like a friend of a friend type uh type story but i uh i got to be the mc for uh the the little black dress party over in in uh kirkland and it was a lot of like Kirkland Bachelorettes, and it was like a charity auction thing, and they were doing were they auctioning dates with oh. with men in uniform, like dudes, like military uniform. Yeah, oh, and okay. and and police and fire oh. and first responders and all that. It was a lot of fun, you know. If you're yeah. hanging around with a with a lot of uh um uh uh what am I trying to say uh. Folks that like to imbibe a lot because people that are like drunk and horned up like to spend money. Super horny on yeah. Maine. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was God. so. But it, it was and and the um, it was especially entertaining because like I had just signed on to be the MC, and that was going to be a lot of just a, a lot of just uh, um, traffic work. Like yeah. oh oh hey man, you know, you've only got like another 10 minutes left of the uh, the silent auction. There's some really cool stuff over there, blah blah blah. Ooh, horsebacking, wine tr wine tasting, whatever. It's all it's all cool, but get over there and get your bids in, you know. So I was doing some of that, but that that morning the auctioneer had uh come down with the flu. And the uh you had to step up. I did. So I was the MC 
and, and the, the auctioneer. auctioneer. Did he talk super fast? I did the best I could with what I had. <laughs> I hope he talks super fast, like at the like at the crazy auctions. Yeah, ha- have you met me? Have you known me to talk fast? <laughs> so, <laughs> so imagine that aesthetic, and it's oh, just like I, I was trying, and because I mean, again, these ladies were like Woo! excited, and they're just like I'm like. All right, so 500, 520, five, uh, 550. Oh shit, where where did we leave off at? Uh, 560 <laughs> and just like and and like I'm I like that made it kind of fun though. It, it was it was a blast. Yeah. It was a blast. So yeah, so I've I found myself doing some of those kind of things and it's a lot of fun. Um uh looping it all the way back to uh uh TFCon in Chicago. The main reason that I went there was I got to participate in a panel with uh with uh the guys. They were doing a presentation about Transformers the movie and we we had become really good friends at this point and we're like, well, we have a segment that we would like you to do. Um, you know, and it's it's a game show. And so yeah, so I got to host uh I got I got to I got to host two different game shows one was called deal or can't deal there was a case involved that oh never opened it was it was it was it it was better in planning than in execution oh, okay. uh because I, I i dragged the guy like all the way across the room to open a case that was screwed closed and it was it, it did it didn't quite go as 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 well as uh um as i would have liked but then like i hosted a voice actor trivia uh thing and that was a lot of fun my point being is like i think anymore my my favorite memories and favorite times i guess performing have very little to do with any individual podcast episodes and it's different than the time that you and i were doing live radio together because there were there would be specific times and i talked about remember like not wanting to live in the past but it's like i've had folks ask me those kinds of interview questions and i'll be like oh well yeah i remember this one time where we had a band come up or i remember you know like we uh you know did our hundredth episode and we brought like folks from uh throughout the cast throughout the times and there was great times and there was that one time that, w- that we talked about wild dog for 38 minutes when uh when my co-host was out of town and so it's all the old stories and I realized that in the Mike Seibert era radio, uh, Mike Seibert radio era, I hadn't really made new stories like that. It's like so like I love doing interviews and all of this other stuff, but it doesn't. There's something different about the vibe and energy that it's like, yeah, I could talk about, oh, well, I had a great time when I talked to the folks from Waking Things. Because I did. I've talked to them a few times. And in fact, I think they've got some new music that they're making now. And I'll talk to them again soon. But it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, man, that that was super rad when this happened. Um, the stuff I seem to point to is kind of like this extracurricular stuff. It's like stuff that happens because of the podcast, like like the, the panel at TFCon or... Um, or, you know, the hosting Crackle Fest or weird stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I have a favorite Mike Seibert radio show. I, I'd really have to think about that. But I'd say um, not to be uh, uh, too uh, sentimental, but um, this one's kind of climbing the charts. Because, I, mean, I mean, this this is a lot of fun. Um, so, I mean, I guess let me let me ask you that I've been kind of talking up a blue streak. Um 
I know we said we didn't want to do uh, <laughs> memory lane, but um, it, it's it's on topic. Do you, uh, what what are some of your favorite times from from I, oh, I guess the times that we did shows? I mean, and it could be even times that that you did other shows. Not that I'm trying to like lead oh, yeah, the witness yeah, yeah. or whatever. But. I hear you. Um, well, all of my time on the radio or doing podcasts was definitely spent at KGRG because I did take that like year and a half, two year break begrudgingly. (laughs) But I think some of the best moments were like, it's not just one singular story that I can think about. It was being able to develop my skills Mm. and hang out with like-minded people, hang out with creative people, people who want to be here and want to do this people who are very passionate about the spoken word and about entertainment and about doing podcasts and I think it was just being surrounded by those people existing in that creative space almost constantly and then having like uh, the pride of saying yes I do a radio show I know how cool is that? Because <laughs> uh, whenever you tell somebody, oh, I do radio, people are like, whoa, tell me more. And that's a great feeling to have where when I tell people I'm a caretaker or I'm a cashier at your local Fred Myers, it's like, girl, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it has some mis- mystique to it. Yeah, yeah, know? totally. And so I think my favorite performance story would probably have to be Every time I was on the air, <laughs> I mean, sure. all of my, like the years that we spent doing Mike and Mickey after dark, mm-hmm. I think were some of the best creative years for me, especially because I was so confident yeah. in my skill to entertain. And my mind was always going like, oh, I want to talk about this on the, on the show on yeah. Monday yeah. or, oh, I have this really good idea for Mike. And, um, you know, I kind of look back on it and I wish that I was a bit more focused and mature, perhaps like I am now, but probably in a few years I'll be like, wow, what was she thinking? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I kind of wish I was a l- my head was a little bit more in the game, you know, so then I could have really enjoyed it and known how important it was at the time. If you understand what I mean. I I do understand. Like, I don't think I cherished it enough while it was happening. So then when I wasn't doing it, I was like, oh, that's really a bad separation for me. Like, I'm really sad that I'm not doing radio anymore. Yeah. I'm bummed I'm not doing podcasting anymore. Mm -hmm. And I even told you in the car on the way here, like... Mm -hmm. Well, I have all these, like, podcast ideas. Yeah. I I have these ideas for things. So my brain is still in that area, but it's just not surrounded by people. It's not being watered or anything like that. Like, it's just a little seed in the ground just waiting. And so I think my favorite performance story is every time I performed, but I wish that I knew it was going to be my favorite. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's deep, brah. Yeah. That that's really good. In fact, that's I, I'm I'm gonna roll a tear thinking about that because that that's that that's really good stuff. Um, because yeah, I I and I I was actually being equally reflective um, on the way up before before I met you for lunch. In that like, there's I I, I don't want to say I I took my time at KGRG for granted because that's not exactly no, what I mean. Not, you just didn't realize how great it was at the time exactly how much you were learning how much 
it was going to affect you and your career and your creativity and your mm-hmm. art in the future. Mm-hmm. That it was a huge leaping point for you. Where at the time it was just like, eh, this is where I am right now. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And what what I would say, and I, I don't think this is contradictory to, to what you're saying, and, and if it is, please let me know. But I I feel that it's okay to have something of its time. Very, very, oh, very similar to what I was kind of sort of trying to get at earlier with my notion of, well, I feel like at some point I have to fully separate myself from the KGRG experience because if I still have a foot in, that can't be nostalgic for a time that that's no longer there because, you know, it, it's still kind of happening. Whereas you have that, those uh those uh signposts those markers it's like a a a a specific um delineated time for for a dash it's like you know your your time at kgrg is x dash to x yes and so you can look at the time in the dash where whereas like i've got i i can like dip in and out of it if 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 that, oh, I completely if that kind of sort of makes sense. But like, sadly, the ending of my dash, if we're going to continue sure, with that, sure, with good was like sure. very unexpected. Yeah. And I did not know it was ending, you know, because I thought like, oh, after this month of me being gone, I'm going to come right back and get right back into it. And I'm going to yeah. have my day job and then I'm going to have my radio job to kind of like keep me focused on this is what I want to do. This is what I went to college for. This is what makes me very happy and feel very fulfilled. And then that coming back story never happened. Yeah. Cause I suddenly didn't feel welcome. Not because somebody was like it. Nobody made me feel that way. Sure. I made myself feel that way. Cause I'm like, Oh no, now I don't have a show. Why should I even be at KGRG? Yeah. As we break in and <laughs> record something, yeah. you know? So, something I mean, we could have done the entire time. Totally. And you I know? mean, this entire time, this these 2 years I haven't been here, I could have been here. Right. And I guess that's kind of a sobering thought as well where and you you were even talking earlier about like doing podcasts by yourself. Yeah. And that's not something I would even consider. For myself ever because I have such a difficult time thinking about what I want to talk about talking about it yeah. and then not having somebody else respond or like yeah. bump off of me even going like yeah that's a cool idea mm-hmm. or like why do you think that way I have a difficult time having that inner conversation yeah so I feel like it would come out as almost clinical sounding to the microphone mm-hmm. where things would be scripted but I would be reading it directly off the script with no uh what was the term you used? Ex- Extemporaneously. Yes. I, I learned that in uh, uh, my uh, public speaking class. I here, also learned here. it in public speaking. Yep, yep. So you remember that. It's like to where it's like, you know, you're uh, there's extensive course material about the types of notes to, to make and what you can and cannot use. Yeah. And, and yeah, just that notion of extemporaneous speaking really stuck with me and I understood why that was part of the course uh, material for 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 the radio degree? It's like because I'm like public speaking. Get out of here with but this. This is literally public speaking. Yeah, and quite and, literally. <laughs> and there's and, it, and it's so funny because actually, let me tell you a quick story. And I yeah. I don't mean to to uh, sidetrack cool. you, but like when I took public speaking, I I it was towards the end 
of my degree. In fact, like it was like one of my last classes that I took um, and I had already had my job. And, you know, at, at the uh, commercial radio station, um, I had one foot out the door at KGRG, but I was still kind of like doing the thing. It was like, you know, I still had a Monday night show, but I was I was working at my job. Hadn't started the podcast yet. That that wasn't that was later. Um, but when I would do my presentations for public speaking, the and and my my instructor just gave me like the 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 freaking sage wisdom is like i i would come out and do all of my speeches as you know uh uh mike on the mic as you know mr monday night and i'd be like it'd be like it is monday night here at green river hey. college and you're listening to mike and mickey after dark on 89.9 kgrg fm wow. kgrg fm hd1 auburn also oh broadcasting <laughs> but 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 it would and it'd be like hey Mickey and just just yeah, uh, that and, same energy and yeah and and, and my teacher would, would she she's like I loved your material it was very well prepared and you know it's like dial it back <laughs> you know it's and and the, the analogy that she gave me was um a dimmer you know is like you know like on like a light switch or you know on a on a control board or so just do the same harness the same energy just just turn it down and 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 I um, my my secret <laughs> to and, and I did this for my final is I because uh, I had all of my material well practiced and meticulously prepared. I mean, it's like I didn't need the notes, but I had them. But what I did was I stayed up super late the night before. Oh, no, Not, no, no. It, it's I did it on purpose oh. because I went into it tired. So I didn't have enough gas in the tank to be like 89.9 KGRG FM. It was just more like, um, and, and it was, but it wasn't like, Hey everybody, but it was, it was it, a good middle. Yeah. Ground. And it, and it sounded like just kind of sort of how I sound conversationally because I, I can feel it in my throat. Like when I'm doing like my radio thing, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it kicks up. It's like, I know I find like something, di I'm doing something different with, the way that I'm projecting and using my voice that I don't necessarily in casual conversation and guess unless I get like really excited about like Transformers or Star Trek or or something like that. But um, but yeah, so I mean, and, th and that was kind of like the secret is like I would just I would exhaust myself. So to prevent myself from being like, you know, and 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 it worked because she's like, great job on the dimmer. Okay, so I have one last question for you. Okay. Superman or Goku? <laughs> and in this question, I'm assuming they mean, like, if they fought, who would won? Not, like, who your favorite is or, like, who's the best at, I don't know, baking a quiche or something? <laughs> like, Superman or Goku? So Tell we're, me we're, more, Mike. We're calling fisticuffs. Okay, so... Yeah, why not? So a, a, I would assume so. See, and I think... I But I think your... Uh, situations were far more entertaining and interesting. Yeah. Here's the thing. I okay, big oh. okay. Who would be the big spoon or little spoon? Superman or Goku? Oh yeah, let's get real. Yeah. Um, I who mean, who did the best in British Bake Off? 
<laughs> wow, that's 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 great. I love it. But this is better than fighting, I think. I think so. But I I think <laughs> I don't know enough about Dragon Ball Z. I don't know enough about Dragon Ball lore. But yeah. from what I understand is that that Goku is just way OP and just would yeah. pro- would probably way be- OP and very happy. Yeah. <laughs> Gotcha. So, so, so there's your big spoon, little spoon thing. I mean, Goku has to be the big spoon, right? But don't you think Goku sometimes is? <laughs> I can't even do this. Okay. Oh, you can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> don't you think Goku gets tired of being the most powerful one all day? That he just sometimes wants to be held. Oh my gosh, I I think you're tapping into something, and I would imagine. <laughs> oh, see, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Superman, God. if nothing else. Is a gentle lover. Yeah, I, I, he has to be. I enter into evidence. Lois, evidence? <laughs> Lois Lane is a is a flimsy Earth person. Oh the, yeah. The fact that she does not suffer shattered pelvis every single time. Rest I mean, in peace. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, pieces. She, <laughs> exactly. Just like, um, I mean. Yeah, I mean that I, that's why I think it is. It's like he he's he's so he knows his strength. He 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 can he can harness his his strength to be a tender lover and not and not a uh, uh, blow a load like a shotgun through Lois's back. That's oh, from Mike. That's from Mallrats. It's not it's a movie quote. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I, Mike, don't you think Goku of all people would be able to withstand the power? I'm just yes! saying. <laughs> This is disgusting, and I love it. You've heard what Mike thinks. Now tell him what you think on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mike Cybert Radio. <laughs> well, you know, in in and in, in a conversation where we are uh, talking about uh, shipping so ser- terribly much, this I... is a crack ship. That's what that. That's what this is. What's that? So a crack ship is like. Okay, well, it's kind of changed over the okay. term of fandoms, but the original meaning and the meaning that I subscribe to is two characters, possibly from different sources, that just don't make any sense. Okay. Like Loki and Kermit the Frog. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Superman and Goku. All right. Um, Let me think of another one, because it always comes in threes. Let's say Velma from Scooby-Doo and Dory. From uh, you know, finding Nemo. Oh Jesus, sweet, sweet saying, baby Jesus. That's what a crack ship is. Okay, all right. And this is a fantastic one, but like the crack ship definition nowadays, which I do not subscribe to okay. and do not enjoy, and I'm, I'm honestly a bit salty about. It's like, oh my god, they don't look like they would ever fall in love in the series, but you know that they would. And I'm like, it, oh. are, so like because they're both straight, they can't be shipped together. Like that's my crack ship. I'm like, they can be gay. Right. Anybody can be. Right. Like all of my Star Trek head cannons. <laughs> everyone is some sort of queer because yeah. it's space. Exactly. And I, and I love that because I I think I think those are the best head cannons too. It's like where Definitely. it's it's if you squint, it's there. And oh, yeah. and it's like it's so funny and and uh w- one of these days she's going to listen to one of my podcasts and get mad because I refer to it so terribly much but uh <laughs> uh but Liz from uh Cybefest Northwest uh who again uh, I identifies as queer yeah. has always said about like uh Transformers she's like you know, robots are gay deal with it. You know, yes. And 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 I love I it. I like that. That's good. And and that's what it is just you know just very assertive also, and it's not hurting anybody. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, so. it's not hurting anybody. And 
I, okay, I kind of don't like it when somebody just takes a character and it's like, they're gay. It's like, but why? Right. Like, what part of their character makes you think that they're homosexual? Mm-hmm. What part of that character makes you think that they're um, trans? Like, yeah. something, like, you can't just slap it on somebody because then that makes a very empty, just putting labels on people for the sake of labels. Yeah. There needs to be some fleshed out headcanon to it because I will ask questions and if you do not have the answer, I will judge you. <laughs> I love. Earnestly, <laughs> I I wish I could articulate the the earnestness and seriousness in your expression. You just you you almost like dropped the mic and like folded your arms. You're like word. I had a very Judge Judy look. It was it was great. It was it was uh it was wonderful. Oh so, man, <laughs> that was good. And then the last question is last words, which makes you think like, did they execute the person being interviewed? <laughs> Congratulations! I got your last known interview, Blamo. Just, just Blamo. Like, I Blamo. It, I think it would have been like more romantic than a gun. I oh. think maybe um, romantic. How do you mean? Like romantic, as in like more fantastical. Oh, like a gun is very like one and done. Quartering somebody that takes effort holy shit that's twisted i'm just saying so okay so because i was thinking it was like from like the surprise of it. it's like you know me and you know you <laughs> I'm sorry you, what what that's just, just so funny okay go ahead go ahead but i was gonna say it's like let, you know if i I've, i'm chatting with somebody from a band and then yeah i just whip out a 45 and waste them unexpectedly it's like, oh no, I wasn't anticipating being wasted today. Were, would you anticipate being quartered? <laughs> no, but that that is a special level of like. What do you expect a guillotine? So, so what do you so so walk me through the mechanics of this? <laughs> oh so, my so, god! So do I get like like one of these like you know, a damn me thirty minutes ago? I don't like gore. It's scary. Me, let's draw and quarter people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do I get like like a, a damp bleachy rag and like put it over your face till you succumb? And then drag you to the quartering. I have no. Also, me- where do we quarter? I mean, that need that takes well, like, a to- lot of space, and like there's horses involved. You need like a courtyard or something, and yeah. I'd have to get like three friends with vehicles or other horse-powered <laughs> things. It's like, I mean, I saw that Fast and Furious movie. Come on, man! It's like Is somebody quartered in a Fast and Furious movie. Their car was. Because oh, they had ones. they had like grappling hooks, and it's like each of them pulling four different directions, and it's like. It was, it was pretty bad. That is bad. And movie's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, I never got into it. I don't know. I don't know cars. <laughs> it's all right. It's... I can't even tell you what a Honda looks well, like. Well, do you do you do you like <laughs> do you like them superhero movies? Yes. That then generally. Then I would say watch uh, uh, Fast and Furious parts five, uh, four. Uh, no, I'm sorry, five, six, and seven. Because are they superhero movies? They, oh, they basically are. Because like once The Rock shows up, oh. at one point he <laughs> has his arm in a cast, and he because the situation demands him to get back into action, he shatters his arm cast through the sheer power of masculinity. He's just like, in the testosterone, <laughs> it just shatters. Hell yes. And then he picks up like a giant freaking Gatling gun, With his little broken arm. Yeah, and and then then he. Uh, then he fights Vin Diesel with a wrench, and they get into no. It's Jason Statham. My mistake. They they wow. get in, they get into a wrench fight. 
<laughs> it's that's, awesome. That's pretty good. Yeah, those movies are terrible, but they know, <laughs> but they're they are super fun. They are super fun. I haven't thought about Dwayne the Rock Johnson for a while, ever since we were talking about what our wrestling personas would be. <laughs> and oh, that's right. I said I would be like a 1950s housewife where like I would look very cute and yeah. sweet, but like if my final smash would be like sitting people down to a cup of tea and just roasting them emotionally. <laughs> and I would also be the type of person to like take off my sandal, throw it at you, and then tell you to pick it up and bring it back to me. Oh, so damn. I could hit you again with it. That's a good move too. And I said, and this was <laughs> the night after my wedding and I was talking to a bunch of people and I was yeah. really wine drunk. And I was like, oh, man. I would turn Dwayne the Rock into Dwayne the Pebble. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I haven't thought about Dwayne The Rock Johnson since that evening. <laughs> that fateful evening. I can't stop thinking about Dwayne The Pebble. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night the last time I thought about Dwayne The Pebble Johnson. <laughs> Let me tell you the tale. <laughs> How did we get here? I, I think we were... Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, I was talking to you about last words. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, so it's like, yeah, you made it like all super grim and graphic, and I made it equally uncomfortable. See- It was good. I, was I think, think that's very on brand for us. Quite so. I I was thinking <laughs> that you were, okay, so now, now, now I've got my bingo card out, and I'm just checking boxes. You would think that you would tap more into- the uh, uh, Mods McKelson uh, Hannibal energy there for for method of dispatching oh my folks. God. <laughs> yeah, he would probably draw and quarter somebody. He would teach horses just for that. Yes, he he would like train them. It, you'll probably raise, raise them. them. Yes, yeah. exactly for the express. That's purpose what I'm talking of... about, like the romance of it. Okay, see, I I appreciate the explanation. I I understand more where where you're yeah. coming. The the elaborate. Uh, yeah. uh, nature kind of, of like it. The, like having a, ne a nemesis. That's a very romantic gesture. You're spending so. so much time, effort, energy, thinking about what to say to them the next time you see them. Yeah. Thinking about how you're going to foil their plan. Thinking about how you're going to make their life different. Except you freaking hate them. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Like There's no deeper love shared than two nemesis Nemesis. I, I appreciate the, the passion, Thanks. but then just kind of like trailed off. Like <laughs> it was almost like you had like a balloon and it just kind of like ran out of it. Nemesis. Yeah. I, I didn't know the plural of that one, huh? I, I don't. Yeah, we're, we're, we're making up all Call kinds Webster's. of. <laughs> Call me Webster's 253 <laughs> Oh my God. I just had to make you snort laugh. All right, that's man. That's not a snort, man. That's me screaming. <laughs> true. Yeah. That's true. All right. So, so you you are getting ready to to move to the Canada. Yes. And I I am incredibly excited for you. I'm incredibly happy for you. Um, I I'm looking forward to hearing of your ongoing adventures in the uh, in the frozen north. <laughs> It's like three hours it's north three, of here. Yeah. It is the exact same temperature as here. I love it. It's like it's, it's it's the same weather. Yeah. It's just Seattle part two. Yep. That's it. <laughs> Only thing different is like the money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I and the fashion. Oh, tell me more. What the, I realized the fashion there. Maybe it's because it's the city versus the suburbs where I live now. Oh man. But in the city, it's like mid. 90s movies 
Oh, so so there's a lot of people running around with like like the uh, the Jennifer Aniston haircut or something like that. Like everybody looks like the set of friends or cast yes. of friends. Yes, really. Yes. Also, very the L word. And oh, geez. Yeah, okay. that type of fashion. Um, definitely friends. You were very good on that. Some Seinfeld. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah, they're caught in that for That's some reason. That's so weird. But so... when I go to stores, yeah. when I go to thrift stores, none. I can't find the fashion. Because they have it all. They're bogarting it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're hanging onto it with an iron fist. Yeah, I can't let this go. Right. Not these corduroys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I love this sweater. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's that's what it is. But, yeah, that that's going to be an interesting adjustment with the... You know, with the, all the loonies and toonies and all of all of yeah. the other coin money. Universal like, health care. Yeah, boo. Wait a second. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, that sounds rad. <laughs> uh, lower uh, tuition rates. Yay! I mean, yeah. I mean, boo because boo. nationalism or something. I won't have this president. <laughs> That's big. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty big for me. Sure, uh, sure. We're going to have a prime minister, and when I looked up recent scandals from him, his most recent scandal was um, yeah. eating a chocolate bar during a very important meeting. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's who I want representing me. That's exactly what I would do in that situation. I'm like, sorry, I just wanted a Kit Kat. Like, <laughs> oh, man. that That is the most delightfully Canadian thing I <laughs> think ever. It? It's like... I love it. Yeah. Yeah, Trudeau just looks like a like a gentle dude. <laughs> just like yeah. a dude you just want to like hang around and with. Like, and the political system there, basically, sure. they just hang out in office until you're like, um, fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, my phone's ringing. Oh, okay. until you're like, um, hey, fuck off. Actually, can you just actually? leave? And then the person's like, you know what? You're right. I'll see you later. And then they go, and then you get somebody new. <laughs> That's what I understand. Interesting, yeah. interesting. It is all good. All right, rewind. Thank you. <laughs> not paying attention. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to have to send you some examples of. Uh, I want to prom- watch some. Where do you watch the? Is it all movies or is there a it's cartoon com- that you like to well, watch? Or? For 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 the shippy stuff that I'm talking about, it's yeah. it's comic books. Oh it, shucks, it's comic okay. books. Um, yeah, the the uh, actually. I might be able to read them because I have this cool new app called Libby. Okay. And it connects you to like your local library. Ooh. And you just get to like check out books. And they also have comic books. So like maybe I could take a gander. So if you were uh if you were in the mind of documenting stuff or writing something down, I and I can hit you later. It's it's fine. Yeah. Um two different actually three three different series. Oh, do I want do I wanna push uh, till all or one on you. Yes, there are three different series that that are kind of the the more progressive versions of Transformers. Starting with Transformers colon more than meets the eye, and more that than meets the eye. more than meets the eye. Um, and that's that's where you get Chrome Dome and Rewind and where they show up. There's a sequel series to that called Transformers colon Lost Light. And that's that's the one where we're there. There is a um, there is a couple in there that are they're trans lesbians. Hell yes. They 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 were both dude robots. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah, they were dude robots that that transitioned to. I said robots again. They and they transitioned to girl robots, and now they're a couple. 
Um, so they, they feature heavily in that. And then a uh, third series is called uh, Transformers Till All Are One. And that and that one has... Borg? Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's very similar. And, it, and that has... I haven't read all of it, so I don't know all of it. But that has... I, I don't even know what kind of um, how to describe the shipping in that because there's a lot of like dream sequences and stuff in there where it's like, oh, you know, a lot of like dreaming. Yeah. And a lot of longing and a lot of un- unrequited love and things like that. When robots sweat, is it oil? I'm sorry yeah. to scream it, but I just have questions. Yeah. It's, it's, is it I, motor oil? What if they run out? I don't know. Then they get more. They get more. From where? Are there gas stations? Yes. 76. Ding, some, ding. Some petrol stations. <laughs> um, when they bone, is it also motor oil? I don't know. Are all of their bodily fluids motor oil? Probably. Or is there like some coolant in there? Because <laughs> you got to cool it down. <laughs> Good God. That's... <laughs> Okay. Mickey, I don't know the the mechanics of. I just have questions. <laughs> I, I appreciate your questions. I just don't have the answers for you. <laughs> I have found that Reddit is pretty good for answering those questions. Because one time I was like, "How do you have sex on the hollow deck?" Because Riker would. Fuck yeah. All the time. Yeah, I would. I mean, and who has to mop that up? Yeah, I, mean, I thought a lot about that too. I mean, it's like, is, is that is that like Barkley's job or something? He's just oh. he's just mopping the holodeck all the time. And well, no, he would do it for himself. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah, because you. Yeah. <laughs> no evidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would be too embarrassed because Barkley. Yeah. Bless his heart. <laughs> that poor poor man. Yes. Oh, that one episode where he got super op. Very weird. And yeah. then Deanna Troy was like. I'd fuck him. And I'm like, Deanna, <laughs> honey, what is happening? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah, um, they did like maybe four and a half paragraphs on why holodeck sex works and how it works. Well, because it's still solid matter. So. Well, yeah. So, I mean, they went into like penetrative sex versus like just heavy petting. Topical sex, you know? Oh, buddy. And like. <laughs> Well, if stuff goes inside, other stuff doesn't it disappear? And I'm like, they have replicators in there. Oh, man. I guess I never gave it that level of consideration. I Googled it, and I was not disappointed because somebody else who is way too dedicated to holodeck boning was like, let me write my TED Talk. (laughs) This is my swan song. I love it. This is my swans. <laughs> Get the fuck out my life song. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, Reddit user from 2014. <laughs> of course. You bless me heavily with this. I love it. Reddit circa 2014. That's amazing. Yeah. What a blessed time. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> All right, man. Well, this, I, I tell you what, th- this has been. <laughs> Sorry to end it with that. No, that's fine. (laughs) It's all good. It's all it's all fun. But um but I guess before and and this is what I commonly refer to as like coming in for the landing and then probably taking off again. I do this with all of my guests all the time. It's like it's like, hey, this has been really fun. Let us know uh you know where we can find you on the internet or where they can at you, bro. And then like inevitably some other topic will come up. But um but I wanted to 
kind of give kind of like that that last open platform anything in particular on your mind that you wanted to unpack with me here now um before uh you know like like a thread we may have picked up on but forgot about or or whatever the floor is literally yours um one thing that i was going on about but i started talking about my mother-in-law cindy's cool star trek collection you're you were talking about how like wharf uh wasn't that big of a shining star. Yeah. In the early 90s, actually, there was a big pull for him to have his own spinoff show. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. That, that's it. I that's didn't, right. I didn't, I didn't put much research into it, but I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So there's other weirdos like me. Yeah. And I remember that. There there was kind of a pretty... And, and now it's kind of like a meme to where oh, it's I like, bet. it's a you know, solo series for Worf. You know, I'll see like a hashtag like that pop up from time to time. It's It's pretty funny. Hashtag House of House of Mog or whatever. Yeah, there you go. I'd <laughs> yeah. watch that. I'd watch that. <laughs> Did we ever settle all this stuff with Superman and Goku? I think so. Okay. Cool. I, I I think I think I think we're okay there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, hopefully, even when I move, hopefully we can mm-hmm. still connect and do some podcasting. Stuff. Absolutely. I mean, I was planning on getting a nice microphone. I was wanting to do that big mood podcast yeah. at some point. And What's honestly, your big mood? Like, yeah. I think it'd be cool to do it with you, Spree, and Dave, because oh, y'all buddy. all have very big opinions about very big things. Yes. And I'm sure if I left it up to your devices, you would come up with something very good. I love that. I really love that idea. I, yeah. th- I think that would be a lot of fun because, like, when. I mean, I love the shows that I do with Killing Spree. I love the shows that I do with Dave. And I really enjoy the shows that I do with Killing Spree and Dave when we kind of yeah. reunite the shitlords and friends. Which but, is always great. But, here, but the, the other side of it is it's just a bunch of angry white guys. It, it's true. it's it's just it's just yelling white people. So it's like yeah. you know so so an opportunity to uh spice that up a little bit I'm all for. Um oh, real hot take, re- real quick like cuz yeah. I did it. So again, every time I have one of these it's like <laughs> we're, we're going to wrap up and then it's like oh, something just straightly crosses my mind. Um how do you feel about the notion of quote unquote uh, forced diversity or forced inclusion? And what and while you're thinking on that, let me, let me the reason why that came up is yeah, I was give me some context. I, I, I was just thinking about literally what I had just said. It's like so would bringing Mickey on to an episode with Mike and Dave and Killing Spree. Is that is that, you know, diversity for diversity's sake? Is that forced inclusion? It's like, oh, we gotta put a guga guga girl in here because it's you know, um I, I'm being inflammatory for, oh, yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. for for the sake of it. But I totally get it. But but I think that's whereas I think that would be very organic for the type of conversation and energy. It would be a lot of fun. We've all done shows together, so yeah. I think that would be fun. It wouldn't necessarily be like, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to cater to the the girl lobby or something <laughs> like that. It's like get the get I, I need I we need have a chicken here, I guess. Like, right, right. Whereas I think sometimes that kind of happens. Like, you know, in like, you know, commercial radio shows, it's like, oh, you know, yeah. you know what this show needs? It needs a guga girl or yeah. something like that. But I, it just like I said, it just randomly 
randomly crossed my mind. Oh, but... definitely. And I mean, I guess I can break this into two points. Mm. One, touching on the force diversity thing in media and also touching on, like, I guess our whole history mm. of you, me, Dave, and Killing Spree doing shows together because I have done a few shows with you guys yeah. before. And I have helped out, like, on the buzz in the mornings mm-hmm. way back when. And I have done, like, a few movie podcast with you guys yes we're like i think i'm not like the diversity character quote unquote but i'm like maybe the comic relief like the breath of fresh air of people who are super into comics versus somebody who's like i can't even remember character names so this guy's the gator man like (laughs) (laughs) which is a true thing that happened and i still do you should have tried to listen to me talk about the x-men movie that i went and saw in theaters (laughs) like the dark phoenix i'm like that one guy who was blue and extra hairy but couldn't turn into a man Wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know names. Oh, man. You know, I. <laughs> but, if, like, if, I, we, if we had another two hours, <laughs> I would love to do an X Men Dark Phoenix show with you because I didn't. I, and it was right there for me when we were talking at lunch. You had just said that you had seen it. I just went to go see it last week, too. Oh, I didn't know that. And, yeah, no, I just, oh, man, I let that hey, opportunity time. slip. But another time, as as you said. But, but yeah, and Dreadlock but, Guy and Dreadlock Bald guy. Girl. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And then that one guy that turned into a skeleton. Wow. <laughs> and so, like, I already know that. Maybe I I don't want to say that I'm like the diverse character, but mm. I'm I might be like the change of pace that could make a show a little bit easier for consumers when it comes to like I don't know a lot about the comic franchise, yeah. but I don't like this person has still has some opinions on it and like sure. it's a very outsider view yeah. rather than really getting into like the history of it, having those nostalgia feelings with it that obviously are going to give you a big old bias, you know? Uh-huh. So, I mean, I think that would be really, really cool doing a show with all four of us mm-hmm. just cause I don't think it would be forced diversity. I think it would just be folks talking, you know, like I don't yeah. really view myself as like, Oh, she's the g- 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 girl of the talk show. No, 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 no. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, that's no. something else entirely. It's then, Mickey. Then you'd be like Edgelord Mickey or something. No. Like, oh, swearing. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm so chill. I, yeah. I, like, I, I wouldn't even view it like that. I think it's kind of funny yeah. that you even brought that up because I'm like, oh, I guess it could be seen like that, huh? I, it was, like to I said, some it, people. it was just a weird stray yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's, yeah. And then, like, when it comes to forced diversity in shows, I mean... I don't think it's forced, but sometimes it's a bit heavy-handed. And by that, I mean, I think that they're trying to super serve the more liberally standing people. Sure. As much as possible. They're trying to super serve them in their media by just slapping stuff in and then being like, you guys like that, right? Super big example, J.K. Rowling. There you go. Super big example. Her works standalone were good. Harry Potter series, very well known across the entire world. But then years later, they're like, people have headcanons. They're like, oh, I think Hermione Granger could have been a woman of color. Or like, just all these other things that people have brought up over the past. And she's like, actually, that's canon. That's actually what I meant to do. Yes, that person is gay. Yes, that person is trans. Mm -hmm. Yes, that person is Asian. Or like, yes, that person is an islander. Like, yeah, adding diversity after your thing is out, that 
makes it so then when there is a diverse cast, it makes people second guess it. Yeah. Where, like, organically, a cast could be diverse. Mm -hmm. Like, there could be a disabled person. There could be people who uh, have darker skin colors or they come from different lineages or they have different family histories. There could be people of different genders, sexualities, age groups, mindsets, etc. Like, the diversity of human population. That could happen organically in a story. But then because of people like J.K. Rowling, people with that I must make things diverse kind of feeling, yeah. then it's like, well, is that how the story is supposed to be? Or are people just doing that for brownie points? Yeah, and, and especially on the back end like that. that that's like On the back end like that, that's BS yeah. in my honest opinion. Like <laughs> That does not make the people who are under underrepresented any happier because then it's like, oh, that's an afterthought? Thanks. That's even worse. I would I, say so. I, I, I would think. Like, just leave it as it is. You didn't mean to write it that way, so don't pretend you meant to write it that way. Mm-hmm. That's lying. And I learned in first grade you shouldn't lie. That's base knowledge. Yep. <laughs> I love it. So, forced diversity, I don't know. I think it's a problem. It can be a problem, but not because I'm like, oh, why do we even have to make sure that there's people of color in this or there's differently able people or there's people of gender or different genders and sexualities? Like, I don't think that, I think it just should be a better representation of like society yeah. as a whole. And, Society as a whole is not a bunch of skinny, white, happy, pretty people. Yeah, Barbie-looking people. Yeah, it's not Barbie-looking people. Mm-hmm. I, I I love you it. Know? I, I, you I, know what I'm saying? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Fantastic. And I think that's about as good place to, to wrap it up as any. Sweet. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so before I get out of here, I want to let you know about uh, the next couple episodes. So this, uh, this episode, you are listening to it now as I am in the frozen wilderness of Toronto. It's, it's neither frozen nor a wilderness. It's actually really quite nice, but, uh, but anyway, so, so you're listening to this uh, while I am uh, in Toronto for TFCon and other uh, holiday activities uh, on next week's show, episode number 223. This is kind of like a sort of best of type of thing in that like uh, a couple weeks ago, I recorded, I found this on Tumblr and I was tweeting it a few times, but there's like 30 questions for uh, Transformers fandom. Oh, those and, are fun. And I, I sat down and I recorded my answers to all 30 questions and I've repackaged it as a as a special bonus episode for next week. That is going to be uh, episode 223. Mike goes through a Transformers fandom uh, ask list. And then after that, episode 224, it is going to be my TFCon recap and Niagara Falls adventures, um, as well as getting us uh, set up for Cybefest Northwest. That is the uh, Pacific Northwest Transformers convention that will be coming up on Saturday, July 27th. Uh, at the Kent Commons Community Center in Kent, Washington. That is that's going to be a lot of fun. It's a it's a very local uh, for the fans by the fans grassroots uh, Transformers convention. Uh, uh, David Kay, who voiced uh, uh, Megatron in Beast Wars and Optimus Prime in uh, Transformers Animated, will be there as a special guest. That is going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss out on that. And then coming up even later in the summer, um, I am going to. 
uh, be interviewing an author named uh, Brian Birnbaum. He is uh, the author of a new book uh, called Emerald City, and uh, it is the debut novel from a independent imprint called Dead Rabbits. He also hosts a podcast of the same name. He will be joining me to talk about the book. Um, and again, that will be uh, late July, early August when that happens. So that is going to be um, a jam-packed, fun episode um, and uh, and a fun summer um, here on Mike Seibert Radio. But I think that will do it uh, for this week's episode. And if you'd like to listen to any of my past episodes, subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Radio app, or wherever else you download your podcast. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. Leave a five-star review wherever uh, you listen. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Seibert Radio. Call the Mike Seibert voicemail hotline 231-224-MIKE. That's a 231-224-MIKE. I will play your voicemails on a future episode. You can call me maybe. Here's my number, so call Maybe <laughs> I was going to say how long I was going to ramble before I got you to laugh, but um, and right into the the voice, uh, right into the mailbag, Mike Seibert Radio at gmail.com. and the spelling on that, as always, is S E I B E R T, just the way that it sounds. This has been a ton of fun. Wow, we got so many ways to contact you. It's true, and people use almost none of them. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny, uh, Mickey. This was a blast. We have got to do it again soon. Uh, but for now, this has been Mike Seibert Radio. My name is Mike. I'm Mickey. And until next time, make good choices or don't. We can't control you. You've been listening to the Mike Seibert Radio Podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at Mike Seibert Radio. Email us at MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. The spelling on that, of course, is S-E-I-B-E-R-T. Call into the voicemail hotline at 231-224-MIKE. Once again, that's 231-224-6453. Special thanks to Michael Geisler for our theme music. For more like it, check out bydoormusic.com. This has been a Mike Seibert radio production. Hey, my God, that's so good. <laughs> uh. You want to throw in or don't we can't control you? Oh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> or don't we can't control you. <laughs> hey, that's good. I forgot about that. Have a great summer.